What's up, everyone? Today on the podcast, I'm going deep with a good friend of mine, Jeremy Reese Hill. Jeremy is a fantastic writer, director, and actor. He also runs his own company, Matter and Energy Productions. Recently, he completed his second feature film, Western Culture, which he speaks in depth about, including the actors involved and the whole process from writing to making the film. He shares his inspirations and idols in both filmmaking and life. We also have a good laugh and chat about the films we've made together and everything else in between. Jeremy is both a visionary and a great leader. Without further ado, please welcome the talented J.R. Hill. You're now about to go deep with Dan Good. Hey, we going, brother? Hey, good. Is that us? Yeah, that's us, man. J.R. Hill, welcome to the Dan Good experience. No, going deep with Dan Good. Yeah, let's go. Let's go real deep. Okay, let's do it. How how deep you want to go, baby? Well, just let's let's push the limits on it, eh? Let's just go real deep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so deep. (laughs) (laughs) What's been happening, man? You just uh, finished editing Western Culture, right? Your latest feature film? Yeah. um, So, what is that? Uh, 32, 32 edits, I believe. Yeah. Um, I could be wrong about that. It might be like 30, 31, but uh, because of all this COVID shit that's been going on, uh, I just thought, well, I may as well really like take my time with it. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's like a year's worth of editing and now we've got sound design going on, uh, score going on. Uh, we've got a really good, uh, musician designing the score and we yeah. we sat down I showed him a rough rough cut of the film and obviously I showed uh, shout out to Captain Sound Eagle is the nickname I gave him uh, Richard uh, who you worked Lawson. with yeah yeah, yeah. R- Richard Lawton who um, you've worked with as well what a what a great guy he yeah, is he's awesome man yeah fantastic really gets stuck dude. in yeah really gets stuck in great yep. guy and a uh, real professional too yeah yep. completely uh, agree so I showed him a rough cut and he's he's doing the um the sound right now like the uh, dialogue and the foley and all that and then we've got um this fella um doing doing the uh the score and he's a fantastic musician so um yeah he like we'll see where we go with that um I, i'm fairly certain he's gonna put forth an awesome score because we sat down and uh he watched the film and, 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 and he was even saying that with, cause he's been through university with music. Uh, he was saying that even with university, they've got their, they learn the he- hero's journey. You know what that is, right? Yeah. Uh, with yeah. Joseph Campbell. Yeah. Shout out Joseph Campbell, uh, yeah. greatest, greatest, mytholo- greatest yeah. mythologist of all time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they learn that in music as well because there's a, a element of story structure to a song. Yeah. So he and he said that it just shone through massively with the structure of the film, and I was just like, "Yeah, it did." <laughs> <laughs> you know it because uh, you know you know me, bro. I um, studied relentlessly with story structure. Yeah, yeah, and all for sure. Mythology and all that stuff. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think we're at a place now where. June, July is a real possibility. So we've got the sound design to take care of and that is encompassing both the uh, the, the actual sound and then the, the music, the score yeah. as well. Yeah. And uh, we've got like two, two thirds, three quarters of the visual effects done. So there's a few more that are a little bit tricky that I'm going to have to uh, outsource someone like a little bit more, uh, what's the word? Um, seasoned line. yeah yeah seasoned yeah. with with that kind of stuff yeah you don't play with that kind of stuff though eh? exactly. like it, it really shows if you're 
you know, if you're not like used to using special effects and things mm. like that in the edit, yeah, definitely yeah. can show, yeah. Oh, 100%. And uh, so there's, there's a couple of dudes I've had helping me with the special effects. Uh, sorry, sorry, visual effects. Yeah. Visual effects. Special effects is what you do on, uh, you know, in the scene. Like visual effects is what's done, what is done digitally. To uh, enhance, yeah. Did I say special effects? Or I might have said that. I, I, I don't even remember. Yeah. <laughs> uh, too many beers already. Um, we are well lubricated. We, so we might point that out. Very well lubricated. Just ready to go deep. <laughs> ready to go deep because we're lubricated. Uh, so... Yeah, there's a few visual effects that are like a little bit more intense. Yeah. And uh, a couple of the guys I've been working with could do it, but it's like the time, the time's just like, cause they, they've got day jobs and stuff. So yeah. it's like, I'm going to have to outsource someone that does that, you know, in-house and they've just got guys that do that uh, a little bit more intensely and more often uh, as a profession and, and they'll get it done faster. Yeah. So, cause otherwise we'll be here till August, September. And I'm still aiming for that June, July release. And um, yeah, it's, I tell you what, bro, it's a very immaculate film. Man. It's so immaculate, like in terms of the performances, the, the story, the structure, and then also like the uh, cinematography and all things considered. It's, it's like, I'm so happy with it. It's such an immaculate film. There's just a few little, little bits to tweak. And then, yeah. Um, yeah, it's awesome, man. I can't wait to see it. So premiere June, July. You aim You'll for? be there, right? Yeah, man, I'll be there. <laughs> There's so many people that I know on that film. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait to see the performances put together. I mean, we recently had Andrew on the podcast and mm. talked a lot about Western culture that he was a part of, obviously, with you and mm. couldn't have spoken more highly about you, leadership yeah. role and everything that you went through on that production. But we can we can mm. get into that a bit more yeah. um, a bit more later. But um, why don't you give us a little rundown on the film? I know Andrew told us about it, but it's better to hear it from the, the writer, director, Go to the, the guy at the helm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so... When I started writing it, uh, I was looking to do more of a genre film because, you know, the first film I did, obviously you were a big part of that. You are one of the main main actors, not the lead actor, but one of the main actors. And you yeah. did a fantastic job, by the way. Appreciate it, bro. Like I really, like I watched that film again recently and I was like, you know, that's that's a good film. Like mm. I, And I just enjoyed that experience. And yeah, you, you were fantastic in it. And so was everyone, but this one is even like more of a step up in quality yeah. in terms of everything. Like uh, all the performances, uh, me, like having been there, done that, uh, you know, I felt I did a lot better job, although I'm still like, there's only a couple of things I feel I'm real proficient at. The rest I'm kind of like still, I don't feel I'm very great at, you know? Yeah. Like I feel I'm very, very proficient at writing and more recently uh, editing, but everything else I'm kind of like, ah, I don't know. Like I'm directing. It's like, I am a director, but it's like, geez, I could be a lot better. You know, yeah. the uh, humble pursuit to please yourself. Yeah. As I mean, as a creative, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Always learning still with editing and writing, but I just feel like I'm more naturally suited and more proficient than that naturally. But uh, yeah, other, other areas I really do need to pick my game up. But on, on this particular film, it was uh, very challenging and we did a great job, everyone involved. And yeah, so with our first film, that's what I was getting at. Um, it was more kind of like the bridge between art, art, right? And uh, I'm still bridging art and commerce. That's the way I am. Yeah. Not fully commercial, you know, like I, I still want to have that artist, uh, uh, artistic element. And uh, 
uh, with, with, with our, like my first film, the film, our film that we did together, that was like more of a like throw it out there and do something like I wanted to do, like artistic yeah, yeah. kind of um, abstract, I suppose. This this is um, this particular film, Western Culture Now, which was my second feature. Um, it's I went for a genre film and I was trying to land in between Chinatown 1979 Oscar winner with Jack Nicholson and Faye Dunaway and jeez uh, I, I forget the year I think it might have been 1994 or 1997 um, the uh, the film Seven with Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman terrific film yeah. terrific film I watched and it recently again yeah did you? yeah, yeah. dude it's yeah it's intense especially um, when he opens up that uh, that bag with what's um, in the box yeah. what's <laughs> in the box um yeah, intense. I just I could listen to Morgan Freeman all day, that voice too, and yeah. and I could look at Brad Pitt's face all day. Who and couldn't? I, yeah, I could look at yours too. Yours, Thank you. You're Appreciate right up there that, too with the <laughs> with the beauty aspect, bro. Uh, yeah, so I was kind of trying to land in between there in terms of genre, and it's like, well, genre is more uh, marketable, right? Yeah. So that's where I was going with that, and uh, still like maintaining my own style, you know, the the J.R. Hill style. That, that I, I want to become synonymous throughout film eventually when I dominate and become one of the greats, which is what I'm there for. And it's, I've, I've come to understand it's a long game. Yeah. So, and I'm just a, just a puppy and, and it's like my DOP shout out, shout out to Jake Lawler. Uh, Jakey. Jakey, you know, I love you. Uh, he, he was just saying, oh man, like you're so far ahead of the curve being, having done two feature films at the age of 36 yeah. or 35 when we were having that conversation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, he was saying that when we were in my nice saltwater pool at the house I just bought having a beer, you know, <laughs> just a little bit homoerotic, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> between brothers. Yeah, between brothers. Good. Yeah. yeah. It's not gay if your brothers, right? <laughs> or maybe it is. But uh, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, like the, the, the film itself is um, genre specific, I suppose you could say, to a crime drama yeah. like uh, Chinatown and like Seven and the mystery element to it as well. But then there's a certain point where the, uh, um, the audience catches up and then dramatic irony starts to come in because they know more about the what's going on than the actual characters. So we go from mystery to dramatic irony, yeah. a, a big shift. And that happens more around close to the midpoint of the story. You know, structurally, it's very sound. Where the audience starts to actually realize more what's going on than the characters that play on screen. Exactly. Yeah. And that's dramatic irony. Yeah. Dramatic, dramatic irony. Am I speaking England You're correctly? Fine. Uh, you, you got good English. Uh, good English. Uh, <laughs> so... Um, so yeah, we've got like a crime drama uh, with mystery elements, yeah. and basically it's two detectives, um, and we've got Talia, um, Talia Holt, Talia Jade Holt, and uh, Layla um, Thaka to to play the two leads, and both both ladies and absolutely magnificent, magnificent thespians, like. Uh, it's the old English word for for a, a performer or actor, so or actresses or actors. I don't know what the vernacular is yeah, these it's days. Yeah, tough, right? isn't it? But um, it, yeah, I, I I usually say actresses or thespians yeah, or actors and actors and actresses seems to be a pretty good standpoint, yeah, right? But yeah, like yeah. Um, 
gender specificity. Everyone's got you know exactly. their own views on that stuff. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, anyway, so as far as I'm concerned, it was like two actresses as the leads. I and that wasn't like a, a play for anything for me. It was like people like, oh, that's so good you that you're doing that. Leading ladies, yeah, yeah. Everyone's like, it's so good because we need more uh, female leads, which I do agree with. Mm. Like 100, we yeah, need yeah, yeah. we need more female leads and we need more female directors and all that. And I like to think I'm in touch with my feminine side, but the actual reason I did it was not because of those reasons. The reason I did that is because the talent pool in Queensland is like so much, so skewed towards that, like the amount of good actresses we have. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to studs, you know, those studs that are good actors and just a leading man, like it's probably tenfold. Like there's just that much talent. So I was like, well, I, if I'm going to be smart, I'm going to write a script and it's the right time to do it potentially with, um, you know, the, uh, people more hungry for f- content with female leads, which is, yeah, fantastic. But, you know, I, I feel like anyone should make whatever film they want, you know, whether it's all females sure. or, or mixture. Uh, I, I usually aim for diversity in my pictures, but because I'm a diverse guy myself, being, you know, partly indigenous and um, partly white as well and um, a mixture of different European races and a mixture of Māori. So it's like, and, and even my circles in West Auckland were very, um, yeah, very diverse. You know, uh, my best mates growing up were, were uh, I had a, an Indian best mate, a Chinese best mate, although Kiwis, but Chinese and Indian descent and even yeah. Islander descent and other Māori like myself and white people. So it's like, you know, that's what I'm used to and even the school I went to. But uh, so I like diversity in my pictures, but it's not like a, a play for that per se. It's, uh, yeah. But I, yeah, I, I went in that direction uh, because like the talent pool with the um, – the talent pool with the actresses in Queensland is just phenomenal. Like we've, we've got a bunch of stars there just that haven't been unearthed yet. Oh, I've experienced it myself in a lot of workshops, you know, and on set on films and everything. And, you know, the two ladies that you're talking about that, yeah, I've had a lot, well, a lot to do with Talia in uh, certain films. And, yeah, I think on the first film, Alpha Masji, I uh, got you in touch with Layla as well. She auditioned for the same role. So did Talia actually on the on the first one, yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And the funny thing is I actually watched Talia's audition back and she was actually like the best performer yeah. for that role. Like in terms of her, her New York accent was just phenomenal. Uh, and I went with Tara. Shout out to Tara, wherever she is. Yeah. Uh, great actress herself. Yeah. Great actress yeah. herself. But yeah. you know how it is. It's like that's a problem – in a way, well, it's not a problem, pardon me. It's not a problem, but it, it's a reality. You can turn up and, and potentially be the best performer at that audition, but it's like someone might be more suited to the role that yeah. actually didn't perform necessarily as good as you. Uh, I felt as if the, through the auditioners and auditionees uh, of Alpha Masky, my first film, uh, Bo was like the best performer, but Jamie was obviously a fit for Gallo, the lead, yeah. right? Yeah, like yeah, he, yeah, he just sure. embodied it. Yeah. But Bo was just fantastic with his like performance in the um, in the audition room. And then I felt like Talia was the same with Alpha Masky, but she missed out just. It was between her, Tara, and Monica. Mm. who ended up playing uh, support role a that, support yeah. role anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'd seen a lot of Talia. And then we did that we did that song video clip together, didn't we, where yeah. Talia was with you on that. Um, yeah. Shout right. out to, what is it, Monsters <laughs> of the Midnight Sun. Yeah, uh, that's They've it. broken up now. Oh, really? Unfortunately, Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. But uh, that was cool. That was cool, We actually yeah. filmed a lot of that here, didn't we? 
We filmed little bits, yeah, little yeah, bits, yeah, little yeah, bits on the couch the there. And stuff. Yeah, she was, yeah, pregnant misses, yeah. She she played your pregnant misses. But yeah. anyway, yeah, I, when I was writing this film, I actually thought about her as, uh, yeah, uh, um, as like one of the leads. And I thought about Layla as well. So as I was writing it, yeah. you know, so, um, yeah. So, I mean, and then they turned up and they actually performed at such a high level, I was like, I actually envisaged envisaged this, uh, them actually, but we, I think we auditioned over like, oh, what have been 60, 70 uh, actresses and uh, I think considered over 200. A lot of people were yeah, applying, well, yeah. a lot of actresses applying and um, yeah, Ta Talia just smashed it, man. Oh, she's amazing. Like, mm. and, and she really puts the effort in to get the character mm. and whatever you give to her. Like, I know I've called her up on a moment's notice. Well, not a moment's notice, you know, like I've had her in mind because I know what she's going to bring to the table. Mm. She's always well prepared and brings an amazing performance to the table. Like, yeah, you can does. always count on her to do that. Like, the difference between her best and her worst is not very big. Like, so, yeah. like, her worst will still be way above status quo That's and her best sure. her best is like in the stratosphere yeah uh i've never worked with uh an actor or an actress that has performed as well yeah. that i've seen in my opinion yeah. like she was just absolutely phenomenal and i tell you what so she played the role of heidi which is technically the lead and then jackie is the co-lead um who layla played yeah and um it was important for me to to get um an indigenous person in that role uh an Australian Indigenous person, uh, an Aboriginal person, or, yeah. or First Nations person, um, because I wanted to go along the um, the first scene. Like, wow, actually, it's not the first scene, but it's one of like the the first major scenes in the film. There's it's like an ode to uh, the Royale with cheese scene in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, and I was like, it has to be a black chuck and a white chuck. So it's like uh, the the mirrored opposite of of that, you know, but in my own way. But that, that was like the uh, inspiration for that scene and i was like yeah no it'd be cool if we've got like uh yeah that and then and, and layla just uh came in and just blew us away at the uh, auditions as well yeah so and we had them and then automatically their chemistry was fantastic as the two leads and um so they play two detectives that uncover a web of uh murders ritualistic kind of murders uh kind of like in a way like seven but on a completely different tangent and uh yeah it's very specific the um the direction i've gone in but with this particular film but yeah it's a, like a crime drama that is mis mysterious but then like goes into like massive dramatic irony which i feel is like great because then like you draw the audience in with mystery and then with the dramatic irony they they're like the gods of the universe that oversee these characters and they know more than them so it, it, it creates empathy yeah uh more so and then and then so it's like to a point they're learning as well as the characters like a, and then all of a sudden they've they know more yeah okay and uh and that's dramatic irony yeah so and then yeah it, it turns out to go i don't think i should give away too much um in terms of what happens specifically no but uh I don't know. Does that sound pretty clear to you? Like the description I could probably. Yeah. I, I think just a general um, outline of the film would be, um, would be pretty good just so mm. people know what, what's to, what's More to come with it. Yeah. Yeah. Just a general outline of the actual film itself. Mm. So yeah, these two uh, detectives uncover a web of uh, 
ritualistic murders and as it turns out it's connected to like more high up people in society as in uh, the police and uh, politicians and whatnot so it's like they don't even know where they're at by the end you know it's like Jesus how deep does this shit go and um, yeah it's all connected and um, it, it basically f- follows uh, drug and sex trafficking of um, and, and yeah the like there's there's a third element as well, which you know I like to to go down those lines, like a three pronged attack. Yeah. So we've got like um, these other characters that are vigilantes that are taking down uh, a lot of these what you'd call institutional parasites and people connected to this dark web of uh, drug and sex trafficking. So they're kind of uncovering. Um, yeah, all these crimes and, and getting to the bottom of it. It's like a quintessential crime drama yep. in that respect. Okay. But um, see, it's like with uh, Seven, you know, um, yeah, it's like following uh, kind of like religiously motivated murders. Mm. And we, we kind of have that too. Okay. Our vigilantes are religious and they're killing all the um, people that they believe are satanic. Uh, and then obviously our lead our lead characters are, are following this journey um, pardon me our lead characters are following this journey as detectives uncovering um, what the audience is uncovering until the audience like sees more with the different subplots and is like oh shit so it's like it's, 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 it's an awesome film it's a hell of a film man. and uh, yeah so um, with Seven, it's kind of like the religious motivated murders, but it's kind of like a little bit more tightly constructed. This is a little bit more like the outer reaches of this go way further into society in a way. And then uh, with Chinatown, the, you know, that film, which is a classic of Jack Nicholson and Faye Dunaway, the 1979 uh, Oscar winner there, uh, that, that was, uh, you know, used as inspiration. Uh, but the mysterious elements of that have maintained right to the end. We don't really have that, like the audience really knows by the end what's going on, but they don't know what's going to happen. And uh, yeah, so I don't know, does that, does yeah, it that does. Yeah, explain yeah, it to yeah. you? Does that make so it's sense? it's like the, the higher power, like you, you say um, politicians and police and things like that, and there's like a- The elites. Yeah, little I wouldn't say because it's a it's a bit of a name word, Illuminati sort of conspiracy sort not of so side much. of things, but not so much mm. that, but just hierarchies in power, using yeah. their power to control situations it's, and yeah, it's, get it's, the upper hand on society yeah. and things that they're trying to well, accomplish. You know, people, yeah, people high up getting away with shit, which yeah. let's be honest. Yeah. That happens. Always happens. Yeah. Uh, it's not so much on the nose with any of that stuff. Like, yeah. No real Although there is imagery that might be thought of as uh, Masonic. Yeah. You know, some of the themes definitely would, would be thought of that way, but it's uh, to me it's deeper. It's And that's more to imply something for the audience yes. to see and then to think further within what's going on. Yes. Yeah. And and also it's like, you know, you go deep enough backwards uh, through, through history with um, symbols and themes that m- may be thought of as masonic it's actually you go further back and they they're even like have a deeper complexity to them yeah you know it's like not that we have the nazi symbol in this we don't but it's like you know that symbol meant something different before hitler got a hold of it and turned it into what he wanted to it was a symbol that was around before then yeah so it's like uh, you know not 
to that extreme, but it's like there's certain symbols there that uh, reflect certain themes, but um, are also like es- esoteric and and perennial symbols. Uh, yeah, so I mean, people are. That's a cool thing about film you know you you have a dig at it and then people will actually also make their own interpretations from the certain themes if it's rich enough and complexity exactly and that's that's a film for you right it provokes the imagination it provokes thought it provokes society and culture and and what they what they determine it as and and people and that's that's a film that's art right that's art. everyone interprets a a different way um and you hope they follow the storyline along the way that you're trying to uh visually explain it but um people find their own narratives and sometimes that's better though right than just a studio film that's just going to throw it out there and there's crash there's bangs and there's hot chicks and there's like the the leading man you know and all that sort of thing that can put up visually is is amazing you know with a lot of money spent into a, a big budget film that has illustrious sets and things like that and it's just it's a good ride it's a good film and they have their place in the industry but when you're making art in a different manner a real film it's got to have that grit and that aspect and that thought-provoking, you know, uh, thought-provoking essence to the film, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's a film, especially yeah. something that everybody enjoys, you know, working on and everybody comes together on it. Yeah, it's, it's a, that's a real film. Yeah. It's a body. A, a real body film does that, like asks questions, yeah. provokes these things, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah and, 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 and that respect, like this is a, still a very genre, like, it's a genre specific film and um so in that sense it's very marketable but it's also still abstract as opposed to your quintessential uh studio film yeah you know like it's a little bit more left field with a lot of the themes and uh even the, the direction we take it and then also obviously our cast uh very diverse yeah which is great which you have a lot of uh, parts of a lot of your films that you've done previous to now yeah yeah yeah, you have like a diverse cast a lot. And, I love but that's that. culturally what happens in this day and age, right? Like yeah. there's so many um, you know, mixed uh mixed religions, mixed viewpoints. Yeah, mixed viewpoints, mixed everything cultures. is mixed these days. Like cultures have been just embodied and 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 combined, you know, mm. to make something different now. Yeah. I mean, it comes along with time, you know. The, the, yeah. these things develop and it's just a part of our a part of our makeup now yeah. a, as a world and as a species yeah and it's good it's a, I think we're in a better place now like yeah see my grandmother was like indigenous as Kiwi Māori um, they used to smack her if she'd speak Māori in school mm. so it was very racist white centric yeah. European centric yeah. time but it's different now I feel Uh was that seventies yeah. or? Oh no, that would have been forties. Oh shit! Sure. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like wow. she was born in nineteen thirty-three. Okay, nineteen thirty-three, nineteen thirty-four, maybe nineteen thirty-two, yeah. something like that. Yeah, well, I think my okay. nana was born. Uh, so and she, you know the funny thing is, it's like I got to know about this very early in life. Um, you know, so my genetic background is like a mixture of Māori with European races and I've got Viking genes as well, like Norwegian Danish. So it's like a hell of a mixture, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, uh, I, I spent a lot of time with my grandmother, my nana, as I called her back when I was young. And 
she used to tell me about a lot of the stuff. We'd we'd actually sit there and she'd drink her cup of tea. I'd have like a lemonade and we'd eat cameo <laughs> creams on like a Sunday because because mum and my whole family are just big race heads, like big motor heads, mm. big what do you call them, petrol heads. Yeah, I love their racing and that mum was at the track every Saturday, sometimes even Sunday, get on the piss and watch racing. And sometimes my uncles were racing. I just hated it. Yeah. I know. I was, I'm more of, a, senior. more of a field athlete, as it turns out. I yeah. love my rugby league and my cricket and stuff like that. But um, I actually, like, was that – I was smart enough at the age of three years old to call – learn my nana's number and call her. I'm like, nana, I don't want to go to racing. Uh, can you come and get me? Uh, and, and, like, my, my papa – who's still alive, shout out to my papa. He's, he's got um, Alzheimer's now, the poor bastard. Mm. He's in his 80s, but he's, 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 had a, he's led a good life and he's a great guy. Uh, he'd just show up and um, he'd be at the doorstep and mum would be like, what are you doing here, dad? <laughs> and uh, he'd be like, I'm here to pick Jeremy up. He called us. And Nana would just wait in the car. Yeah. Uh, and um, mum would be like, oh, okay. <laughs> sweetest see you son love you uh, and I'd sit there like that go to racing mum and my sister and with all the rest of my family and uh, I'd be with Nana swim in her pool eat junk food and watch like Sunday we'd always watch um, you remember Channel 1 in New Zealand back yeah, in the yeah. day and they had cinema on a Sunday afternoon oh yeah that? I, like, I do yeah vaguely yeah so I would sit there and watch that yeah so um, I think that might have even been like somewhat uh an experience that kind of led me in this direction. Yeah, yeah, early. for sure. Yeah, uh, especially as a young as a young kid, you know, like mm. in the, in the developed brain, you know, like having mm. that developed sort of influence brain, yeah. on you. Yeah, mm. yeah, for sure. Because obviously we're a lot more malleable malleable when we're younger. 100%. The mind, yeah. So that definitely has play in, in the makeup of who you are and, and what 100%. you turn out to be and how you follow things. Yeah. And so she, I was more predisposed. She'd tell me about all that stuff that she had to put up with growing up. Yeah. The, the the racism and stuff and um that's very unfortunate but i feel like now we're in a obviously racism racism still exists but i feel like we're in a good time of awareness like there's still a lot of places you know in society that we need a lot of fixing obviously i mm -hmm. think that's probably always going to be the case but yeah, um yeah. we're in a great place now where i feel like at least in australia and new zealand where it's just great for all people involved uh, there's an awareness of these things and, yeah, and yeah, there's an yeah. ac acceptance. Um, I feel like Australia probably still has to, a long way to go in com comparison to New Zealand with their Indigenous relations. Mm. But, um, you know, that's, as far as I'm concerned, that's somewhat their business, as, you know. But, but yeah, we're living in their country, aren't we? And we are, there, yeah. There's a lot of progress. So that's, there is a lot of progress. Like yeah. they're ahead in some areas and they're behind in others, you know. This, exactly. That might be one that's highlighted, yeah. Yeah, 100%. I still feel like Australia is like, in my experience and in my opinion, is a great society. Mm. And you know what? It's funny when I meet Aboriginal people and First Nations people, they just, they love me. They see that I'm Maori and they're just like, it's like a, I have a connection. And that's that's really cool. And anyway, so it was um in this particular film, it was like kind of like the the Samuel L. Jackson and the John Travolta, but uh, reversed gender wise. And um, I tell you what, uh, you see, uh, it's like they call that scene in Pulp Fiction uh, the Royale with Cheese scene. Yeah, my scene is cafe culture with uh, Talia and uh, Layla and uh, all their characters, Jackie and Heidi, and um, you get to really see the lighter side of their characters um, during that first scene of the film, which I hope all the people out there get to see. 
And um, that's kind of like, to me, it's like that dynamic, but it was, uh, yeah, like an indigenous and a white Aussie girl. And, um, and yeah, those two just, they really did knock it out of the ballpark, man. They Like I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. Like the levels they got to. And, um, oh, man, I can't wait for you to see that. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it, man. Like, I, I know you're a massive connoisseur of the arts, so. I'm, I'm going to lap it up like, and, and I can't wait to see the performances by everyone because I've spoken to several people on the podcast and obviously outside of it that have been a part of this film. And yeah, I'm just, and I, and I like the fact that I don't know a lot about it, you know, yeah. like Andrew told me a few things, but he was vague Yeah, and you've told me a few things, you know, I'm but kind it's of just a little like, bit vague too. Yeah, 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 very much so. And um, I like that important. because I like to make up my own thing with when I'm watching something and I always will anyway, no matter what anyone says, it's just like a critic of a film yes. or oh, a hundred thousand people say there's this film shit what if i could watch that for myself you know mm -hmm. like uh, and i'll probably find something in it that i think's fantastic you know and yet it's your own interpretation like we were just saying before and that's the best part about art Can't please everybody yeah exactly there's one thing you said before um that you had those ladies in mind when you were writing the script yeah. is that something that really holds part for you for a writer because i know i've read a lot of your scripts and stuff like that we've done a lot of films together and in my opinion fantastic writer for the record thank you amazing thank you yeah anyone gets privileged to work, work on this man's set take it thank you bro yeah. but um yeah is that something for you when you're writing that you when you really visualize someone playing this character you have a sort of connection and and you write that on the page or type it you know is that for you like a does it stand or would you consider other people you know for the roles or is it just something like that connection to the character connection to when you're writing it you're like you can't see it any other way you know um yes and no like sometimes i'm writing a role and someone just is there uh but that doesn't always end up that way you, you get to realize as a producer and director which i do both of as well um for whatever reason it's like a very circular motion going through this industry like you, you i consider like a great friend of mine but we've even had um like i've written uh, scripts where i've been thinking about you and it's ended up being a different direction yeah which you you know uh, uh thespians learn to understand mm. it's it's a noble quest but jesus like even the best uh people that act um learn to deal with levels of rejection which is must yeah. be tough and it makes yeah. it such a noble quest but yeah so it's one of those things like um sometimes i'm running a character and i just think oh, that's that person that i know but it might end up we might end up i'm still open it's like well we're going to have to cast for this and we might go in a different direction because that's the thing about art and film i feel it's like even as a producer and director and a writer where i'm like so in control and in charge of the story there's elements that happen that just are way out of your control yeah that's it's, a beautiful part of it that's though, a beautiful too, part right? of it yeah. that realm like where you draw from yeah because you can think of someone in an energy and persona and you're just putting that into a into a thing you know a living yeah. thing that well in turn is going to be played into a living thing but it might just be that that specific energy or yeah yeah specific energy oh, persona just the way they yeah, move the way they yeah. do things just went into embodied, that character you know that and that helped you to develop that character mm. and the way you wanted it to and it but it might yeah. not necessarily get cast that way yeah well yeah and then people might turn up and just dazzle you 
and and it's like someone you never knew existed. And didn't see it before, yeah. It's like how could you know that existed, yeah. that person that can embody that specific character? And that's why I feel like it is as an actor or an actress or a thespian. It's like, you know, you get to a level where you're in control of your craft and you're a great performer, but it's like you might turn up and dazzle someone and just embody that specific role where it's like, in a way, it's like lucky that that role was designed, but then again, it's not luck because you're at the top of your game and you just happen to suit that. And I think there's many examples throughout time of like people that have shot straight to the top because like there's been that one iconic role that comes up and they've somehow embodied it and then that just catches on for whatever reason in television or cinema. Mm. And um, yeah, so it's like um, there are other characters within this film that I had certain people in mind for and we ended up going in a different direction. Um, like Andrew, I I had Bo in mind for his role, but Andrew ended up embodying that character. And I tell you what, like he plays a bad guy, and I tell you what, it's like he he was so phenomenal. It's like Jesus, bro. Like it's like even like you you, you like editing it. You kind of uh, you get to a certain point where you've gone through the scene uh, hundreds or thousands of times, and you compartmentalize how brutal the scene is. But then, you know, you know, you sit back and you watch an edit of the film, you're just like, holy fuck. <laughs> that's, that's brutal. Yeah. And then people, like, certain um, people are able to embody, like, some pretty horrendous, um, despicable characters, and you need that. And it's like, geez, like, that person's such a nice guy or that person's such a nice, uh, you know, chick or whatever. And But it's like, wow. That's acting, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's like they get to levels, they, they get to levels, and it's just like, whew. And, and even like you feel it on set. Um, and that's the funny thing too. It's like you you might have a, uh, a take during a certain scene on set and you're just feeling what they did. But then you sit down in the editing room and another one all of a sudden springs up. So that just shows you how little you maybe do know as a producer-director and you need yeah. to let things have a – have a level of openness and let things kind of um, just come up from the abyss, which I feel like is where you draw a lot of stuff from as an artist too. It's like, where does that come from yeah. when you're writing or when you're performing? It's like, where does that come from? The void, you, you pull it from there. So it's like, you need, you need to stay open like the, like a screenplay is a blueprint, but um, you need to stay open and let um, the performers, the, the actors, the thespians do what they do. Yeah, that also is a learning curve too and I've been through as an actor as well because you're so married to the script or how you want to play it or the role and it's like the director has that's nothing to okay say too. in that. Yeah, yeah, but that's like something because you're like, oh, you watch back the film, you're like, fuck, why didn't they use that other scene? You know, I was amazing in that scene. I know I connected in that scene. Like everything was just, but it might just not have worked it wasn't what they were going for within it and i've seen something else also not just the directing in the scene but in the edit as well yeah and the, and an edit can change a film yes, so much that's, and so to me that's why I'm, yeah i feel like i'll be naturally suited to that because it's like rewriting the film yeah it's like not with the pen it's visually now yeah and you're telling no. a different story you can really manipulate the story in a different way yeah yeah, it's like, oh, fuck, I didn't know that, like, this actually would go in that direction, but that works somehow. Like, and then you've got performers uh, that might take something in a different direction. You're like, oh, fuck, I didn't even think didn't about even it that see way. see that, yeah. Um, but then you also got times where the performers might do something exactly how you envisaged it. And it's like, oh, wow, which Talia did for me so mm. many times. It yeah. was like, even during the um, the auditions. 
It's like the way I wrote a certain word, she said it exactly how I envisaged it and no other actress got it. Right. She's great like that. She's very intelligent. Yeah. Yeah. Very intelligent within the realm of um, subtext performing and, and subtext yeah. and, and all that. Yeah. 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 She really yeah. picks up and she asks you, I, I remember um, when I used her in Grind as well. And she said to me, you know, like about the accents and things like this. And she mm. was like, oh, should I do it American? You know, and I'm like, this is kind of a hybrid film of like different accents coming together. I don't want this actually placed in a time and a realm, you know, like I kind of just want different accents and different cultures film, coming way. into it. Thanks, I enjoyed bro. it. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate that. And she said, I was just like, no, I want you to just keep your natural accent, you know, with this, like. Well, she uh, did with us. Too. Yeah. Oh, she did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it was kind of natural. And she's a fantastic that. American accent. I might add. Oh, but, she's, um, she's yeah. like, you know how with good accents. I am with accents. Yeah. You've seen me do accents. Yeah, and, um, you surprised me with accents, eh? Yeah, like, right. Especially because um, i got a hoary bloody Kiwi accent <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. Um, but she's probably even better than I am with accents. She's just got it down to um, a fine art. Yeah, we talk about malleable. I said malleable before. She's she's a true, like, performer. And she's, yeah. I, I, after this, like, um, you know, I, I feel like a lot of the people that performed on this film uh, could go a long way. But I feel like Talia is probably going to be a star, like Margot Robbie big. I actually think that. Like, I, I feel like she's she's going to be a big star. Like, I, I actually don't really have any doubt. She's 100% got the potential to do it. Uh, yeah. yeah. She's she's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Some of the things she did, I've, I've just like, I don't even know those places were possible. And it's Layla as well. Like, I, like you see her on a lot of the ads. Yeah, you know, she's in like heaps of TV series. Yeah, especially why you were shooting that. There's a lot of them on here, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. at like ANZ and a yeah. few others that she was in that she was uh, in. The water one. What is that? Like mountain something? I don't know. Oh, okay. Mount yeah. something. Yeah. But yeah, and especially like in this day and age where you got more, um, you know, she's a strong black woman. So that you, you need more people like that. And she's, she's going to be, she's going to go a long way. We're going to bust out the whiskey now? I think we are. Yeah, I think well, we I are. saw your water was low, actually. You got to hydrate, yeah, and beer. So, <laughs> um, beer's done. Yeah, put that out of the way. Get that out of the way. Uh, stocks. We knew we were going to be here for a little while. Yeah. I appreciate that, my man. We'll hydrate you first, you know, in between. It's got to be done. So, yeah, I was... Um, I couldn't be happier, actually, with the performance of everyone that was involved in Western culture. Mm. Everyone was just so fantastic, but um, specifically Layla and Talia, just next level, bro. Next level, bro. Like, uh, yeah, and I suppose I should give a shout out to my makeup artists too. Like, they they were just. Especially one being your girlfriend, or should I say, fiance. Partner? Fiance. Yeah, we're getting married in six weeks. Yeah. Yo. Keeping it, keeping it low key. Yeah. 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 This is the first I'm hearing of it. There, there yeah. we go. Yeah. Well, congratulations, um, man. Thanks, brother. Um, you know, in a way, I know I'm I'm a good man. I'll, I'll, I'll give her and the family everything I have. But in, in another way, it's like, how does she even put up with me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, but I know I've got, I've got a, like a decent, like, part. Um, so I feel like that's probably a reason she's stuck around, maybe. I don't know. But she sees the potential. Oh, and she's so smart, bro. And she's she's a makeup artist. She's been on. Um, shout out to Shiley, my baby. Very pretty too. Yeah. Shout so, out to Shiley. She's amazing. She is. Um, yesterday she was like, you know, she's got quite a uh, a brash Aussie accent, doesn't she? And she's all like, yesterday she's like, fuck. 
It's fucking second time a fucking bee's flown in my face. And I was like, well, maybe that bee thinks that you're this beautiful flower. <laughs> and it wants to pollinate. <laughs> and, you know, most, and I actually meant it, but, but like, cheers, bro. Cheers, bro. But uh, I was like, you know, I actually was sincere in what I was saying, but she looks at me, she just rolls her eyes at me. <laughs> <laughs> she knew what you were going to say. Ah, but um, yeah, she's a fantastic makeup artist and um, her whole team on this film were absolutely phenomenal. And it was like very challenging, you know, a lot of blood, a lot of slit throats, a lot of, it's a fucking brutal film, bro. So, um, and they, you know, a lot of pressure for, on everyone. It was like, we actually had less money than Alpha, but more like, constraints to more uh what would you say uh kpis to meet in yeah. terms of uh you know so it was like um a lot of people were, were under a lot of pressure and that's independent film i don't think i'll ever do that again to that extent like that amount of like uh asking that much of people for that little amount of resources that we had yeah but I feel like I'm going to be at a place now after this film where it's not going to matter. We're going to get studio money anyway because it's that good. Yeah. And uh, but anyway, yeah, we everyone got pushed to their limits, and the makeup artists were fantastic. Everyone was fantastic, to be honest. Uh, it was one of those things. But uh, my assistant director, shout out to uh, Mara Kemara, um, Argentinian who married a Maori fellow who's not with us anymore. Riley, who um, was an extra, they were both extras in our film Alpha. Uh, Mara and Riley. Riley's not with us anymore, the Maldi fella. So, unfortunately, uh, wherever he is, bro, uh, yeah, shout out to Riley. But, um, yeah, she she um, was a assistant director on this and it was tough for her, you know. We, we were very much undermanned and under-resourced, but she did a fantastic job. And afterwards, she just said, she's like, I've never met anyone with so much patience like you have. I was like, thank you. Like, I felt I, like, dug in and did tried to do the best job I can. It's like, where do you uh, take your your psychological capital, for the lack of a better term, right? It's like some things, it's like it's not really probably worth focusing on, right? Psychologically, it's like you've got, you've got what you need to get done, so you need to focus on certain things, and sometimes that might not look good to certain people, you know, and sometimes... Uh, people butt heads and stuff, but it's like if you've got your uh, your psychological, your mental capital in the right place, you, you, you're striving towards a goal and you hopefully achieve it, which we certainly did on yeah. this film. And it'll be easier in, in future. I know that because we'll have way more resources, way more money behind us. But, you know, it's, um, it's one of those things that's kind of more, more pure right now, isn't it, that you've done that and everyone involved was like not – doing it i think so yeah for for financial gain it's everyone, passion. Was, everyone was doing it to because of they loved us yeah for passion and that's why you got in the industry to start off with and yeah if you didn't that shows through pretty quickly and you don't last long in the industry if you're not doing it for passionate reasons you know if it's not the thing that drives you when you wake up in the morning yeah that really shows but that's it and and that's the best part I think about indie film and indie filmmaking is just, and you've said it before, so I don't want to just play from your rule book, but it's just, it's a bunch of beautiful people coming together that are with talented and skills and the synergy of the, of the situation, what you're making and just coming out and just creating something beautiful, you know? And it's just, exactly. it's amazing. Like an art piece exactly. to behold, you know? And, and it's just, but it's an amazing bonding experience as well. Like I can honestly say alpha was one of the best, 
times I've ever had in my life, you know, mm, with the too. people that we met too, and that yeah. we were part of. And um, it was just a, it was thrilling, absolutely thrilling and just magical, like the time that you magical, were at, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and, and we created something and it was awesome and it's amazing and it's, it's great fun. to show people, yeah. Even now I look back and I was like, oh, certain things could be done better, but it's like, it's still a you, really good film. You're always going to think that way, though, no matter what, When you, mm. especially as an actor, like when you're auditions and things like mm. that and you see it back and performances, you've always got something to critique. But I think that will have to be like that, right? Stri- yeah, it's what <laughs> makes you strive to be better all the time and what gets you to be better. Because you're, you're never going to be perfect. Satisfied. yeah. You're never going to be perfect, so why should you feel like you are yeah. or that is? Although Western culture is bloody awesome, like, yeah, there's a few things that I would have done differently, but it, it's it's close to a immaculate and complete film. Alpha, you know, uh, I still feel like that was a fantastic film and that experience that we all had. We all got in this zone and vibe moving collectively forward as um, one kind of entity. Yeah. Didn't we? Yeah. See, Western culture was a little bit more clunky, but we I feel like the result was better yeah. in terms of quality. But then again, it's like I was on my second feature film and we were, you know, we were fucking with some people that were like probably a little bit more seasoned and I'd kind of honed my um, focus into where the strengths are within the industry in terms of like selecting, you know, writing a story for two lead um, female actors or actresses. Um, yeah. It's like, well, that's where the gold is, in my opinion. Like, and I, you know, I mean, how many fucking auditions have I run now? How many actors and actresses have I yeah. seen like hundreds thousands there's, there's an overwhelming um, number of female actresses so you, that are just so good so good yeah yeah. and it's I feel like just, I've got the data there to support that yeah it's, it's been the, like, that way like in every single well audition workshop that I've been in it's just I've kind of stand amongst the crowd and there's a uh, hmm. yeah you know like it's uh, it's on us as uh, male performers to step up that game you know and actually be there because there's there's opportunities that's for sure yeah. and for us to be better but hey hands down yeah. to the ladies you know oh 100 like yeah. good for them too yeah right? yeah because it's, it's competitive and it's very competitive but that's the thing also is that when it's more competitive it brings the best out in people that, that, that's correct and also it's like you see so many good people miss out whereas like you only you know like in my experience you might have a hundred queens or princesses that are just fantastic it's like fuck how the fuck am i gonna like choose the best out of this sometimes. Mm. Although in this particular case, it was a no brainer. Like yeah. Talia just was yeah. fantastic. Um, and so was uh, Layla. But um, you know, you might only get 10, 15 studs or maybe five studs, you know, that you, you want to be in a leading man position. So it's like, Jesus, like where's, where are all the studs at? Yeah. You know, yeah. where you just got an ocean of phenomenal um, female actors or actresses there to choose from yeah so that's where i went where the gold was at and it's not always going to be that way with me like i'm I'm of the belief it's like you know me specifically even before this whole kind of um awareness has come about in society about diversity and stuff it's like i was already there i already wanted my sets to be diverse i don't give a fuck and if you know i have to make a certain film about a timepiece i don't give a fuck if it's all like a hundred white men, you know, if it has to be that way or a hundred mm. black men or whatever, like, you know, X amount of fucking whatever female, whatever. It's like, it doesn't matter to me. Like if you want to tell a specific story, don't worry about these things. No. But, you know, who's going to be the best 
position to tell your story or the characters that you're yeah. developing and then who's going to be the best to play it. Mm. Hands down, the best people for the job should always get the role, you know. It shouldn't exactly. really have to be about this because no, when, when you make it about to. that, then it takes away from the, the fact that it should be that, you exactly. know. Like, but if, if it's a, a certain If that film, creates awareness and that's what, how it's happening, yeah. then that's okay. But, but and, and yeah. then if a certain filmmaker wants it to be like – all about diversity. That's their fucking choice anyway. Yeah. A certain filmmaker is like some asshole, bloody racist that wants to make a racist film. It's like, it's actually their right, unfortunately. You know, but it's like, it is what it is. It's like people um, in this game should make the film they want to make and, and not put limitations on themselves necessarily. You know, that's the thing about art, you know. And um, But yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm in a really good place. You know, like, uh, you know, I... I, I You've really worked with some really amazing people that I'll continue to work with too. Hopefully you as well in the future. Yeah, man, for and, sure. Um, but yeah, bro, I need to take a slash, is that? Can yeah, I take yeah, a quick yeah, break? yeah, you can do that. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk to the camera. Cool, thanks, bro. I'll be back. <laughs> Excuse the chair. Just, uh, yeah, probably uh, walk around the circumference. <laughs> but that's it, and it's uh, one thing that was... Uh, we were just touching on then was um, the ability to create dynamic and very interesting characters. And one highlight for me that I've read in the scripts that Jeremy's done and his ability to write female characters has been second to none. I, I will say that. And it takes a certain type of emotionality to be in touch with your feminine side uh, as a male in life and to understand females the best we can, um, as well as write them as interesting characters in, in films that we're doing in TV series. And that's one thing that I'm going to ask him when he comes back, um, where that developed from for him. And what I will say is that's exactly it. The, the, the phenomenal actresses he, he has spoken about in Queensland and that's something that I think, like I said before, us as males need to rise to the rise to the the challenge, rise to the arena. Um, something that I put on myself to to be better, we, and we always have to be, and we always want to be, um, and shouldn't shouldn't take any step back because of that. And see that as a challenge. Let's go. Um, it's not a gender challenge or anything around that way, but it's just it's something that we need to do better. Guys, we we need to step up our game. But uh, yeah. are you back? I, I need to say something too. Gosh, okay. I was just thinking about. Well, I I do have a question too that I've just been uh, saying to the camera. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hold fire on that, my brother. Yeah. Like, I was just gonna say too. It did pop into my mind briefly, and then yeah. amazing things actually happen sometimes on the toilet. Uh, <laughs> you you get major inspirations and epiphanies. Yeah. Uh, I was just thinking that. A shout out to all the people that are actors, actresses, thespians. Like, um, they really do actually get treated like shit I've seen. I, I'm not like that. Like, as a producer, director, uh, you know, I see you and I feel you and I got your back. Because, you know, a, lo a lot of you guys, it's a very noble quest and a lot of you get treated like dog shit. And even your craft overlooked in terms of like maybe other terms of production value. And I really do like admire the craft and the noble quest of the thespian or the actor or the actress, you know. 
I really do. So, and that's the thing. Like, I, I got you guys backs with with whatever I'll do from now until I, I transgress into the next uh, realm. Yeah. You, know, you know. Oh, it's tough going, it man. Like you, you're putting everything on the line, mm. everything that you've got, and one thing, confidence and belief, like as a, as an actor or as a performer in general, is everything, and what you bring to the table, and you're putting that on display for everybody else to judge. Yeah, like, as well as yourself. It's like. You know, you might be confident. It's like you're a confident guy. You're good looking. You know, you're a good actor. But it's like you you go out there and you, you know, you might try for a role and you just get treated like shit, or you don't get the role and you're like fuck. You know, some other stud got the role. Mm. Um, but it also comes down to like perception. You know, it comes down to perception. It's like it's like uh, Talia being so magnificent when she uh, auditioned for the role in my first film and easily the best performer, but she didn't get the part because of that was because of my and other people's perceptions at the time. It's like perceptions can change. People's perceptions may not be necessarily accurate. You know, it's mm. like, um, so people like actors and, you know, you really got to think about that. Like don't give up because don't, necessarily equate your beliefs or happiness into whatever the perception of ex producer or director chooses. It's like you're, and then you can always do better too. So keep moving forward. And eventually if you're, if you're that much of a beast, like Talia is now, it's just a fucking beast of an actress. Um, people are not going to be able to deny you. You know, like you're just going to grow to this point where you're just like, oh, I have to put them in my film. They're that good. Mm. Or someone else will. And it's also one other thing, um, if I may, it's like that's how I feel too. I'm, I'm glad that I feel like I'm a really good writer. I can give you you people um, a great outline in which to perform off because the amount of um, thespians, actors, actresses that have to – you know, they might go into a certain production the script's just dog shit. At least I see that. And they haven't got much to work with and they have to make more of it, mm. which they do anyway. It's like I, I feel like I'm – that's one thing I can certainly bring to the table. I've got a long way to go in other areas, but at least with writing, um, I can produce something quality for your kind to, you know, you, you thespians to – to, to use and, and, and perform off because it's just a blueprint. But, you know, um, shout out to Richard Walter, uh, UCLA, gave me an A+. <laughs> just the most prestigious film school in the world for my writing. Just, so uh, just throwing gonna, that out there as a shout gonna, out. Just going to hype Name myself dropping. up for a second. <laughs> Name drop. <laughs> yeah, no, it was something um, that I want to ask you that I just uh, was speaking to the people about here while you were away. And it's... um you are very strong at writing female characters and you mentioned it before about uh, being you. in touch with your feminine side, you know, Thank things you, yeah. like that, which uh, us as males, I think it's great to understand to the best extent we can. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Do I tough. look like I'm in touch with my feminine <laughs> side though? And people will judge <laughs> because they might think not, but he yeah, is. Yeah. And, um, for you, where does that come from? You do write strong female characters. And, I, and I'm saying, do you believe that? Because I know you personally, obviously, is growing up with your mum raising you a lot as well and your nana being around and a great influence in your life and both those strong uh, ladies being 
strong female characters in your life, you know, do you think that's where you draw inspiration from or where you Ooh. were in touch with that? Um, oh yeah. I mean, that has to be a part of it, right? For sure. Um, I also feel like I, people are just like, how the fuck did you come up with this shit? Mm. You know, it's three in the morning and I'm off my, off my head writing and I just come up with stuff. Some of it's great. Some of it's shit. And then the great stuff, it's like, wow, you know, I give it to you actors and you guys are like, oh, wow, this is awesome. Uh, so a lot of it's from the void, uh, you know, the void. Just so coming into like, you from somewhere else. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. If you're open. Yeah. And I think the same can happen when you're performing, mm. you know, you spiritually are at a, at a, uh, in tapped a place. In. Yeah. Tapped in. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so there's that. But yeah, I mean... Uh, you know, like I grew up in a matriarchy, you know, a very strong mother who ruled the roost. And from, let's be honest, a, a, like Nana was a matriarch, no doubt. She's a very strong, moldy woman. Uh, I had, well, three sisters, one died at birth. Shout out to Alana Rose, love you girl. Uh, so I got, you know, uh, my stepdad was around for a while and I love him. I spoke to him yesterday. It's the closest thing I have to a father. Uh, my biological left when I was three, so I didn't really have many memories of him uh, in terms of like what a father should do. And um, yeah, so I was like for the like majority of my time because my unfortunately my stepfather and mum broke up too. Uh, you know, he he left, and uh, for majority of the time it was me, two sisters, and my mum. <laughs> so it's like it's a lot of female lines and and. And moldy woman. Yeah, strong world. Like, are you serious? It's like, yeah, and mum mum would like you should get her on this podcast and talk to her about that, bro. Yeah. She'll she'll she's got my back hundred percent. She knows. Mm. Um but yeah, I mean that's the thing. That's a thing. Obviously, I probably have understanding. Um also I'm definitely a lover more than a fighter. Um now I'm, you know, for the rest of my life I'm committed to one woman, hundred percent. But back in the day, you know, there was, I loved a, a few. So you got to know a few somewhat, you know, I was always like that. Even if it was brief, a brief moment I'd spend with someone, it's like you get to know them intimately. Yeah, yeah. And obviously it's women. I mean, I don't have sexual relations with many men apart from you, Daniel. Uh, <laughs> that's a lie. I feel privileged. That's a lie, isn't it? No. Uh, so, there, I mean, there's that. Um, there's also culturally... Um, being being Maori is very important to me. Uh, uh, our central god figure as a female because she gives life. Yeah. So there's that. I mean, that's etched into my uh, uh, tipuna and my whakapapa, which is like basically, you know, my ancestors. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's how we are. But then, you know, like the my Viking heritage, heritage too, like we had shield maidens that used to fight with the men and against men. So there's probably that aspect of like a lot of my lineage, uh, a lot of my uh, genealogy has probably that way inclined anyway. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say I'm not still a blokey bloke at the best of times too. Because and, you are. And <laughs> and I am. And, yeah. and I mean, Jesus, look at me. I look like a silverback gorilla. <laughs> But, you know, I also, um, massive importance on men's mental and physical health too. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I feel that too. I feel that. 
Um, but, you know, it is cool too that we've got this time where these stories are coming about with stronger female characters. And um, um, thank you for that compliment too, that I write them strong. A lot of um, actresses have told me that too. Shout out to any actress that's worked, out on, worked on my films as well, uh, our films. So, I mean, I, I like to think I do. I like to think I write strong female characters. I like to think I like, I like to think I write strong characters of all credences. Yeah. But, um, oh. <laughs> it's not look, at the skills. <laughs> look at the skills of that. that. That stayed on the whole time. Um, so, yeah, and it's not like, I mean, your perspective, right? If you're open, you could probably write really good characters or perform or, you know, um, within a character if you're really open. Um, of most credences, so for me, it's got to have it's got to have had a huge influence on you growing up, um, having those strong female characters around you. And I believe that's what you're tapping into. You know, when you're thinking of these, you know, these female characters that that you're putting into your script, and it's always been an intrigue of mine. You know, like I've always thought it, but it's just it's great to be able to talk to you about it. You know, and and ask you, and and I, and I really think that because it's such a hard thing you know and it's easy to write a male character it's easy to write that that strong domineering you know male character you know yeah. as a male writer yeah. and wanting to see that bang shoot them up you know mm. action film or what have you but it takes real balls to to write a female character and have them as leading characters especially in a film as well um so yeah. props to you man like Thanks, and, it's, and it's amazing and i will say that because i, I said before like uh, you by far one of the best writers I've ever Thank read you. of scripts um, Thank and you. done your films before. But, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing this Western culture film. Oh, right. it's, it's I, I'm looking forward to you seeing and, yeah. seeing and then talking to you about it. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I know I remember showing you, like, the biggest piece of dog shit I've ever made in my life. And you're like, bro, you know, I mean, it wasn't great, but I liked parts of it. And that's what, like, artists are like. They can see, see like, the beauty where you're going it. with yeah. it. Whereas, yeah. like, the majority of the people out there are just – well, it takes a lot to impress like the average Joe Blow that gets home from work and is like, okay, I want to be dazzled. I'm going to the cinema uh, or I'm going to watch this on Netflix or whatever, DVD, whatever. And it's like, well, if you don't dazzle them, they'll be like, that's a fucking shit film. It's within as, five it's, seconds it's, too. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Mm. It's as simple as that. Well, and especially it's like, with well, extent, intention, uh, attention spans these days as well. You know, like you got to get yeah. them pretty quick. Yeah. Well, it just is so easy to go to the next thing. Yeah, I mean, I suppose, like, um, I suppose. Uh, but then again, you got people like us that will listen to four hours of Joe Rogan's podcast. I mean, that's a long attention span. Yeah. So there's probably a select few of us with a long attention span too. But then yeah. again, you do need to provide something that is sufficiently uh, dazzling, I suppose. For the consumer. And that's mm. the thing, like, you can't blame it because they have the consumption, the consumer mindset, you know, they're the one you're making it for. Yes. Let's face it. 100%. Maybe you're not as a true artist. Sometimes you're making, sometimes it, for you're yourself, making it for yourself. You yeah. know, but that's it. You got to have that in mind, and that's the difference when you're writing and you're trying to sell something. You yes. know, and, and somebody's wanting wanting to pick it up, which is a huge development thing. And it's the difference between coming from the indie game, especially low level, mm. to actually going to a, a studio platform or Pardon anything, me. a platform that people are actually going to see what you're creating. Yeah. And it's having that ability to write for all circles of life and for all consumers. 
but also keeping yourself satisfied, making something, you know, thought provoking, emotion provoking and everything else in between. And that's yeah. got to be a hard task. So what for you it's are the easy. main influences well, in depends. that regard? Yeah, it depends. Like, um, you know, my first film I made for myself, mm. Alpha Maskey. That's a hundred percent for myself. Yeah. This film Western culture is for the consumers, hundred percent for the consumers. Uh, you know, there's films you can make that are, quite like to a specific uh, quadrant. It's like, okay, well, this film is going to be big for white males or males or males over the age of 25 or, well, it's R18, males over the age 18 or females, you know, like, in fact, I, you know, I've, I've watched a lot of chick flicks with my missus and some of them I like. So it's like some of those can be like a couple film, I suppose you could say. Yeah. A lot of them are, like quadrantly, if that's even a, a word it is now, if it's not uh, specifically designed for a specific audience. Uh, this particular film I've just released is definitely for quadrant, although it's probably between M and R rated, probably even closer to R. I would so, say so from some of the scenes that I've heard about. <laughs> exactly. But like, yeah. Depends on which um, territory you're into. Mm -hmm. Like you might... Like America is probably going to be R. Australia might give me an M15 plus because Australia is pretty chill. Uh, but you never know. We'll see how that – we'll cross that bridge when it comes. But it's – I certainly designed this last film from a, a, like a story perspective to, to reach a wider audience. But uh, some films don't, so it just depends. And then in terms of um, inspiration, it's um, eclectic for me very eclectic, like uh, from everywhere. It's like, you know, I often, um, I've studied psychology a lot, although I don't have a degree, um, like studied a lot of psychology because I feel like that's important. I, re and I read more books now than I ever have on a wide variety of subjects. Uh, so that's obviously, even if I don't know it, it's changing my subconscious. Mm. Uh, filmmakers, like obviously, you know, Tarantino and Scorsese are two big ones with me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, a few others are really creeping in of late, like, and some of them are quite abstract, you know? So, yeah, um, when it, I feel like I'm drawing inspiration as I'm going forward. So, and that's changing and my scope is probably changing too. So, and it just probably depends on the specific uh, project that I'm creating. Yep. It's like with, um, with Western culture, as I said, like Chinatown and um, Seven were two massive influences. David Fincher with Seven. Yeah, like, he's fantastic. Yeah. He's fantastic. Like, yeah. He's a big influence on me um, as well. So, And there's, uh, I could sit here all day spouting off yeah, the influences. Yeah, yeah, sure, so, yeah. So sometimes it's more specific. Um, I, I, to be honest, I think the biggest influence on me now, probably Scorsese. Yeah. Scorsese, yeah. Like I've done his... Uh, online film score. I've been to his exhibit in Melbourne when it was there and looked at all his stuff. Like his, uh, like there's even stuff there, like his handwritten storyboards and stuff. Uh, and then doing his, um, whatchamacallit on, uh, the masterclass. Masterclass. Yeah, online, yeah. Masterclass. Yeah. yeah. You, you got me. You're yeah. feeling me. I know what you're uh, You have my back there. So, I mean, I've done his masterclass probably six times. Yeah. Seven times. Like, you know, sometimes I'm just doing whatever and listening to his masterclasses, background noise. Um, and the guy is so, like, invested in film. Like, he actually doesn't care much about anything else. I know he's rich now from it, but there was a time where he wasn't. Mm. 
and that's where I'm at now too. Like, um, as you know, I'm a geologist on like, um, and that's where I, uh, my breadwinning comes from. And now I'm doing well on the stock market reasonably as well. So um, it's it's in my best interest to become independently independently wealthy outside of film anyway. Although I feel like this next couple of years might see me make some big money in film and get to that next place because of what I've got sitting on the shelf. But it's also in my mindset, it's like, that's not going to matter. Like I'm always going to be a filmmaker. Yeah. And even when I book, like if I have to become independently wealthy and like put millions of dollars into my films and so be it, because this, these like art pieces are going to be around when I'm dead and you're dead. And yeah. our, 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 our grandchildren are going to be, uh, able to watch it and they'll be like, oh, that's my grandfather. Yeah. That's or so-and-so be like, oh, that's my grandmother, or, you know, whoever it's yeah. like, and these art pieces are going to stay around forever. And if you can make a really good piece of art, it might stand the test of time. Exactly. And like Shawshank Redemption, 1994. Fantastic. Yeah. And that's uh, about, creating that kind of a legacy, right? Like within what you're doing, like there's so many realms that you can make a legacy, you know, mm. your kid or things like that, that, you know, your offspring that you make. But um, I think when you're in the performing game, it's kind of what you're looking at doing. If you're a real performer, you want to make something that people are going to forever see. You hope to. Yeah. Yeah. And see like, oh, shout out to Frank Darabond, another big influence on me, who yeah. made um, Shawshank Redemption and yeah. The Green Mile, arguably two of the best films of all time. Fantastic. I feel like Shawshank Redemption is probably the best film of all time. I remember watching it at school. Me too. In English class. Well, I watched it with my dad when I was like 11 and thinking this is a fucking fantastic film. Yeah. Wow. And I was 11 years old, but I could see how good it was. I think that's about as far back as I can honestly remember of something moving me so much. Yeah is Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, me too. And provoking so much thought and emotion that I never even thought was there and didn't even know myself until I watched that film, actually. Yeah. Now that I'm talking to you about it now, and I, can, the- I can remember it as probably as, yeah, that's like, you know, you have those memories that just stay I'm 100% you. the same. And I watched it with my old man. I was like, even at 10 years old or 11 years old, you're able to respect the art of good storytelling. Dude, I you really are. I, before that, I couldn't fuck what we're yeah, doing yeah. in English class, to be quite honest. Mm. But that- It moved you. Yeah. And that's what we're aiming to do. Mm, you might not exactly. succeed, but that's what we're aiming to do. Exactly. And, but I, I honestly feel like Western culture will move some people. I, I seriously think so. Yeah. Talia's seen it, like the rough cut, and she was bawling her eyes out for the last third of the film. Shit. She was crying. And I don't really like, she's wonderful at like acting, in an emotional way. In fact, I think she's got all bases covered. Shout out, like uh, any of you producers, directors out there, if you want someone that'll do well for you, hire Talia Jade Holt because yeah. she can do anything. Yeah, I see. But that. it was real emotion when she watched that film and was crying. She was, yeah. it actually made her cry. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I was like, well, if a lot of the audience are like her, because I, I wouldn't really say that she's like 100% emotional girly girl. She's actually like got no. a bit of gusto about her. Like, and that's another reason like she's so great for this role. There's a lot of boxing in this film. She's a fighter. Like, no, she doesn't have boxing matches, but that's like a, a big part of her Under backstory. No story. She's yeah. a trained fighter. Yeah. Um, and she actually like grew up boxing with her father. So she was like, when I was like, you know, she's like great for the role. And I was like, oh, come hit the pass. Cause as you know, I've, I've like been boxing most of my adult life or well, all of my adult life. Um, you know, at least training. And uh, 
I held the pads for her and I was like, oh, we don't even have to like do much with this one. She's, she's great. Like she's that, a wonderful boxer too. Like she can box, you know? <laughs> so. That has to come across too as a bonding experience for you too, because you play her grandfather in the film, right? You've aged mm. in the film and that yeah. had to have been a that process, like a, an emotional bonding experience for you guys. Being that was a cam that. my cameo. Yeah. yeah. And I'd like shout out to the makeup artist who made me look like a fucking 68, 70 year old dude. And I actually did. It was so strange. My mum like cried because I reminded her of her father. You know, it's like I had a photo with my mum and I actually look older than her. Yeah. Because she's aged so beautifully, my mum. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Eh? Wow. You know, she's got. I mean, no crazy as Norwegian, Danish, mixed with mouldy, yeah. like brown. Brown don't crown, black don't crack. There's sayings, <laughs> but then, but then some white people age beautifully too. I, I think there's certain environmental factors. Like she's, she drinks a lot and she maintains that she pickles all her organs, <laughs> and maybe that's a stress release too. But yeah, she's <laughs> certainly aged well. But anyway, like so, I'm in this film uh, playing an older guy. I put on weight too for that. Like mm. I just, I fully let myself go. I got up to. I think 128 kilos for the film, which for me is very large. Mm. Uh, and um, so I was this big guy and I'm, yep. And we had the scene together, her and me. And a lot of the crew said that's the most intense emotional scene they've ever been a part of. And see me as a, when I have my cameos as a director, I actually get lucky because I can kind of draw off whoever's like a really good actor next to me which was the same thing with Talia, like even more so. It's like I can draw on their energy and it makes me look better with my cameos. And I did that with Jamie and, and the first um, Alpha and other stuff. Like uh, if it were up to me to create that energy, I don't think I'd be as good, whereas actors do that. Yeah, but that's that's part of performing though. You're connecting with your opposite scene partner and sometimes they're bringing the bigger energy across and they need to for the scene. And you, you just know, feed off. Yeah, 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 for sure. And, and well, that's like me. I suppose I'm a parasite in that respect. <laughs> Man, I think that just that's that's a being a good actor. You know, mm -hmm. like being able to take the latter in the scene because it needs to be there. You know, you can try and overpower that if you're very egotistical and like Which a lot want do. to. Yeah, 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 for sure. And it just fucks the whole especially dynamic. Especially if you got that female male, um, you know, like agenda uh, there, and then just but that's that's. That's acting though. That mm. connection in the scene is just, and I've spoke about it a lot on the podcast. Like that's that's just that's living right there. You should like, get Talia on here, bro. Oh, no, I will. I'll, I'll sit down and speak with her. Yeah, especially yeah. Uh, closer to the premiere of the film, man. She'd be fantastic. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, but yeah, so I mean, uh, sorry, I shouldn't be like you should. That's like if I were you, I would. Do that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that was an incredible moment for me, and I really felt it. Um, I don't know if she did, but, yeah, we got close by the end. Like, there's still that dynamic where they have to respect that you're the um, the, the one directing and producing this. Mm. So, you need, in some respects, there's a distance. But I, a lot of, you know, a lot of people close to me say I'll probably go further, like, beyond that distance than I should, but it, that's just who I am. Uh, you know, I really do connect with my actors. Yeah, I think that helps, man. Like, yeah. it's just, you know, everybody does it differently. People and like, feel comfortable with yeah, me. Yeah, 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 for sure, yeah. It's like when I see people, like, struggling, it's like, you don't have to worry, baby. Like, I, I know there's been times where I haven't been like that, but it's like now I'm in that place where it's like, well, you don't have to worry, baby. That's me. And you have no we, idea what that, time. Can, that can do for somebody. we got though. time, just relax. Yeah, because... Yeah. 
whether the perceptions there or not and artists they know themselves but actors can be the most precious people going around 100%. and and the perception can be for most people outside looking in is that they're the most perfect people in the world but off, more often than not it's the complete opposite the complete opposite yeah and they're that that's why they're able to harness these different emotions and be malleable and play those parts is mm. just because they have all that within them but that can be hard very yeah. hard to walk around with, you know, and and just a little nudge like that and the connection with the director is everything to a performer on a production, yeah. Yeah, probably. Mm. You know, I hear a lot of them are wankers too. Yeah. Um, just, well, that's what I hear. I don't know if it's true. But. Sometimes it might be what they're trying to get out of it, you know, like, mm. like for the role, you know, to play it that way, but some are just could be that way inclined, yeah. We should hook up some more whiskey. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I was that. going to. <laughs> oh, man. How good is it, by the way, that the Warriors won today? Oh, it's fantastic. I was in an Uber. Shout out to uh, Harajot, Harajot, uh, who dropped me off here. Uh, we're actually dressed the same. I turned up and I'm like, because <laughs> he's a Sikh, so he's got his turban. Me, I, I, I'm just like... I love wearing my bandanas or hats. I always have. Uh, and I'm, I turn up and I'm wearing my Versace sunglasses with my bandana on. He's got his his turban on and he's wearing Prada. I was like, my man. <laughs> Uber's playing well. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, in the, in the Uber, I was, like, seeing that the Warriors were down 25 to 6 at halftime. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Um, so I was like, oh, fuck, we're in for it here. I turn up to Dan's and... Things got a little, uh, a little um, affectionate as they usually do, <laughs> but uh, it was good to see you, my bro. Like first time in a while, and mm. I'm, I'm very busy these days. But yeah, we're sitting down, and he's got the Warriors on, fantastic. And I was just like, I'll just be happy if we put up a fight here. And damn it, did we? We ended up winning the game in the last dying minutes. Yeah. We we got a few calls go away for once in our life. <laughs> and we won. Uh, let's let's yeah. Let's drink to that. Shout out to that, bro. Cheers to the Warriors. Nathan Brown, the new coach, playing oh, yeah. at Canberra. Canberra tough, top four side. Easy bro, this Canberra, year. They're Canberra, gonna be Canberra playing like, at home. Yeah, Canberra will be right up there this year. Mm. And, and that maybe now we will be too. Looking at that, we got the Roosters next week, and they're injured. Yeah, like so many injuries. If we can beat them, like the permutations of that for our whole season. No idea. It's like we could be top four if we won that game and do well for the rest of the It's game. games like that that show you mental, that show you toughness, and that can show, like, inspire the squad to keep going, especially 100%. that we're stationed over in Australia because of COVID and everything. 100%. Uh, at the moment and the way it is. And yeah, it's just those, and we, we don't have a lot of, we've got depth in our squad, but we don't have a big squad here. So for those reasons as well. And so that can really boost you on for the rest of the season. And it's, uh, it's something that can be actually said for what we've been speaking about when you're in, in the trenches in a film hmm. and you're in those tough spots and things that like the budget constraints Grit. are there and Grit. just that grit and determination to get to the end and to hmm. bring the film over the line with that high quality when it gets to the end of the shooting, you know, hmm. it gets tough. It's emotionally, it's really tough. Uh, emotionally fatiguing it's uh you're putting everything into it and sometimes things don't go your way and yeah th those things battle you you know like they 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 can scar you but those those scars you know like it just forge you on for greater things you know to come yeah 100 yeah and um that grit is everything and no matter what you're doing so um particularly probably on the sports field you know the mental grit it's like physical prowess is one thing mm. um 
but yeah, well, in terms of physical prowess, our team now with those two big Tongan boys up front, oof, it's like, it's just so good. And it's like, this is like the Warriors of old were just manhandling other forward packs with size and strength. Yeah. But brown boys just smashing you need that, yeah. those Aussie boys. It's like, oh, hell yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, the Aussies are real resilient people mm. in life and in football. Uh, rugby league, geez, man, the Aussies are a hell of a yeah. hell of a people like they just they back themselves they man. back themselves yeah. and that's, that's why something that I've noticed since I've been over here as well yeah 100% me too and it's something that I've noticed with Americans as well like it's not yeah, like everybody will say um, and that was the, the one thing that I really noticed when I went over there um, at the back of 2019 um, it was just like everybody says they're arrogant and stuff you know but it's I like don't think so. I don't think so at all they just back themselves they like, back and themselves. they don't really like much respect. They're very nice people, you know, the, the majority of them. And, and I got along with them famously, but it was just like, I was like, oh, I can see how this this can be perceived as arrogance, but it's really not. It's just confidence in themselves. And really, yeah. they don't give a fuck what's going on outside of themselves because they yeah. got to focus on what they got to do because there's so many people there in the rat race trying to up one of them, you know, to, America, to be yeah. the next the next thing, you Great. know. Like the greatest performers on the world stage with everything. Yeah. Uh, fantastic people. I, I loved every minute. I spent in America. Like I went from um, the first time I was there, I went from um, hanging out with white class, uh, white class, uh, middle class white people. <laughs> yeah. White class middle people. Uh, middle class white people um, in uh, Colorado for a mate's wedding. Yeah. Nicest people in the world. And then um, shout out to Eric. Uh, he, he was like this rapper dude, half black, half Hispanic, who was in Brisbane for a um, a time and uh he, he was back in los angeles where he grew up and so i said i have to spend a week in los angeles after i go to my mate's wedding so i was in colorado and i was like cool time great people um and then i was in los angeles and uh, i hung out with eric who's half black half hispanic and three other black dudes and it was the coolest thing ever and i was like they lived in the hood, so I went in the hood. <laughs> like, and he's like, "Wait, you don't feel scared walking through here?" I was like, "Oh, bro, I'm pretty much from the hood where I'm from anyway. Yeah. Like, it's not as bad as here, but West Auckland, Waitakere, shout out." Um, so yeah, big guy as well, and he's like saying that like most of the people there were Hispanic, and to most people, I probably look like maybe a tan white white fella, you know. But mm. he's like, he's saying like we're walking past like these like Hispanic people, and he's like, they're looking at you like they don't know what to make of you. Yeah. Like they're like, what the fuck is that? Because I'm a big <laughs> dude too. And then we got to the hood the first night I was there and I walked in like to this house and like little KD is this little black guy. He's actually from um, Africa and lived in America most of his life. And he just looks at me and he's just like, oh, nigga, you're big. <laughs> Are you a footballer? And I was like, no, bro. Uh, well, I played rugby league in New Zealand. And he's like, oh, you're from New Zealand, my man. And like we're just, yeah, smoking marijuana goes with the territory and uh, drinking gin and juice <laughs> <laughs> which was stuff. funny yeah. uh, and beers and uh, it was the coolest experience I hung out with them for like days on end we are just getting mentally retarded sorry about that word if that's not acceptable but we were, we certainly were like black IPs you know style yeah let's let's get that way up in here and we did um and it was, yeah, it was just like it, it showed to me if you're an open person, it doesn't matter what walk of life you're in, like you, you, you're gonna, to you can relate to everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so um, where, how did we even go there? Any, oh, Americans. Yeah. Yeah, so um, my, I've been to America four times now and Americans are fantastic. Mm. I love them all. 
I, I feel like I connect more with the Mexican people and the black people, but even the white people are fantastic too. And like the, the service when you go out is, you just don't get that over here in New Zealand. Like no, to it's that because level. they're making it off the tips though too. Yeah, but I also it, feel like it's that mentality of Americans have. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah. Hardworking people. Yeah. Uh, and I feel that way about Australians too in terms of like they back themselves yeah. and Americans do. And I feel like if there's one problem I have with our people of Kiwis is we're probably a little bit more tall poppy, like the crab in the bucket, kind of like someone rises up, people might try and pull you down a bit. Yeah. Although it's not so much that way in my circles, I'm fortunate, like with my family and friends, they, they, um, although probably more conservative and they're, yeah, get after it, bro. Like they're more conservative in that respect. Um, but they do still back me and I'm quite fortunate. But see, the Aussies love a winner and the Americans do too. So it's like, you know, if you back yourself and I'm sure there's like if people might have different perspectives on this and, and there are people that are insecure that are like crab in the bucket, try and pull people down. Whereas I feel like there's room for everyone to grow. There's room for everyone to be successful. There's yeah. room for everyone to be the best versions, the of, best themselves. versions yeah. of themselves. Yeah. You don't need to pull someone else to feel better and to feel more gains from that. Yeah, like, let's see everybody succeed. Yeah. Why not? It was something interesting you said there though before as well. Um, because didn't you meet uh King Swayze? He was one of the black followers. Yeah. Mm. Um, and that's where I really He's awesome, man. Like he's, he, a coolest he's part guy. of Alpha Masji, like you said, you met over in America. Um rapper doing mm. his thing in Oslo, mm. Sweden. Yeah. He was fantastic in Alpha. Like he was, he was just fantastically natural and just himself. And like well, most rappers can act, yeah, right? Let's exactly. Be honest. exactly. Let's be honest. And and he never done acting it as himself. And he would ask little things yeah. like behind set before you go take something. Oh, he confined to me a few times. Yeah, yeah, you know, before you go do things. And it was just pretty much that dude for yourself. Oh, I love that guy. Just so do your much. thing. And he was so good, man. That's like when he found out, like when I was over there, he's like, when I told him my grandmother was black, he's like, I knew it. Yeah, no, you you're a nigga like me. <laughs> was just, that was where he was at. I was just like, no, no, you're one of us. And I was like, it was so cool for him to, for, and them to, um, for other walks of life of people to just accept me as the same. Mm. And it's like, I, I, I had the um, fortune of having that with all walks of life of people in America. It's like, um, one night there, I went out by myself to watch the Floyd Mayweather fight and I couldn't get into any bars cause they were all so packed. So standing out watching, from the street with all these Mexican fellas, you know, and um, they were just the coolest people in the world. And, um, and yeah, when, when I took, took my brothers, all my black fellas to the strip club and I was just fucking making it rain. <laughs> <laughs> you know, strippers are way cheaper in America, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. At the risk of uh, going there. Uh, <laughs> Dude, uh, I never went there. when I was over there actually. Oh, we were in Vegas door. as well. Yeah. Got a door. yeah. It's like so much cheaper and like, Fantastic. And anyway, I was making it rain, bro. I was making it rain. Uh, and then these Mexican guys like were just like, oh, man. You know, it was, they were just like they saw me uh, doing that. And they were intrigued and like, yeah, I saw you throwing around the, uh, all that money, yes, yeah. And I was just like, yeah, bro, yeah. And they're like, so all you guys want to come with us, man? And then here's me and like the back of a Cadillac and, you know, obviously these days I can't really do too many drugs and whatnot because of my job and got to keep it pretty reasonable. Mm. Um, so I don't really, I'm just, just more of a drunker. But when in Rome, right, or when in Los Angeles <laughs> where they legalized marijuana, like yeah, so I was yeah. in the back of this Cadillac with fucking 
with four black guys just crammed in and these two Mexican dudes just driving. <laughs> and we like pulled up to this duck and we were just smoking till the cows come home. Yeah. And it was just like a hell of a cultural experience. And, and it was so hard. Not for a second was I, well, I'm not really like that anyway. If some shit goes down, I, I do my best to handle it. it. Then, I'm yeah. not going to live in fear. But like, yeah, it was a hell of a thing for this little, little big Kiwi to be in the, some back alley in Los Angeles, uh, just you know, doing these things. But it was like the coolest thing ever. And I really have like great um, perception on Americans, like all walks of life of Americans and Australians too, for that matter. Like I love how they back a winner. So many of my peers, albeit like, you know, Aussie's got to work on some things as we all do. But, uh, you know, they, they, I, I feel like they're back in a winner for the most part. I've, I've had a lot of good uh, uh, reception from people over here from what I'm doing. They really, like, look at you and, like, their eyes light up when they f- figure out that you're not just doing what you do as your basic profession, which for me is as a geologist. Mm. As a geologist, it's like, they, like I'm filmmaking as well. And they just their eyes light up like a lot of people and just like, Oh wow. And it's like such a cool thing to have like that morphic resonance of good energy, uh, you know, uh, from people. Whereas like, and you know, where me and you're from, some people probably look at us and be like, eh, turn your nose up. But you know, we are not many as Kiwis and we way out of perform yeah, for sure. um, on the world stage. So we have our strengths and I'm so proud to be, you know, I'm so proud of us as a people and yeah, to be so. from New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, but that's one thing we could probably work on is the tall poppy stuff. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm proud. I'll always rip New Zealand, you know, no matter what anyone says or whatever, yeah, you know, being in Australia for that long or whatever, like I'm always going to say I'm from New Zealand, you know, like it's just, where I'm from, you know, it's in your DNA. It's, it there's is. no going away from it. It's just uh, embrace awesome. it, man. Yeah, we're awesome. I love bro. it, man. I love it. But we, um, we are a phenomenal people, white, brown, and collectively, like whatever. We're wonderful people. Like look at the All Blacks, best performing sports team, best winning of percentage all rate time yeah. by a long shot. Yeah, and then you have the um, the the wonderful. Uh, privilege of being a crusader supporter which is like the backbone really although having said that it's like a lot of the talent does kind of auckland's like we've got the most talent but we don't have the best system because we've got the most population we've po- got the- poach roger two of us the shit from the warriors man. yeah well i mean that, <laughs> that makes me cry being a league yeah i hate it but hey but maybe he'll be he a great all black endeavor to be an all black man yeah maybe he'll be a great all black right. and um you never know and uh yeah, it's like the Crusaders of like the Melbourne Storm of the, although they did it before Melbourne Storm with Melbourne Storm. They're mm. just comparable. Pardon me. Uh, they have the best system down there. It's like Auckland will choose a bunch of people and then they're like the, the people that got rejected from Auckland will go down to Canterbury and become better players in the Canterbury system. And that's like, well, the system, mm. you know, it's like fantastic so shout out to you for being a crusader supporter <laughs> yeah um, although these days i mean you know tasman marcos things like that you know like they've started tasman to are feed, excellent eh? yeah it's the feeder squad you know well feeder squads to crusaders these days but you know they've got a great coach yeah. there great system too mm. but I, I i feel like that's just feeding off what we've already got bubbling away in and in, in our rugby mm. um but we'll see like you know we 
we England got us in that last World Cup. So, but you know, it's like thirty odd games undefeated in World Cup. You're like you're going to lose one eventually. Hey man, we'll get the cricket one next. To me, we already won the cricket. That was rough, but we won't, me, go, we won't go down like, that way too We don't far, have the trophy, yeah, but um, we won that. Uh, that was like, you know, I'm probably one of the worst on Facebook with talking about cheating referees. <laughs> but I'm also honest, like today we had the rub of the green with the Warriors. A little bit. 100%. Like, yeah. So I'm, it's not as if I'm a one-track one, one track pony or one-track kind of mindset. It's like mm. I'll, I'll admit – um, when the shoe's on the other foot, like yeah. with the All Blacks, we often get the rub of the green sometimes. It just it, it seems that way to me. Yeah. Not to the extent as the Warriors get fucked over, but in that particular final, I just felt like it's like, I felt like India threw the game against England to get England into the top four. I felt that way. I felt like they threw that game and there was some money involved, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Uh, we saw India like pretty much like being ready to chase down their score and then their captain just block out like 18 balls for no reason. It's like, what the fuck, bro? And then um, I felt like when in pers- like when you put it into perspective, it's like, what, what England really going to like let uh, that go at Lords? Like they were going to do everything in their power and yeah. we probably missed a couple of opportunities. Like um, at half time, apparently they bought that boundary in six metres. Um, where Bolt ended up standing on when he took that catch. Really? Just brushed the boundary when he took that catch, which would have got rid of Stokes and got us the World Cup. They brought that boundary in. How can you do that? Like uh, they did it. Like really? I've, I've heard, I didn't I've know heard, that, yeah. like I don't know 100% of it's true, but I've heard reports of that happen. And then also it's like the, the ball came off Stokes's bat and they gave it six runs um, where he didn't cross – the pop increase, which means he'd only run one full run, so it should have been five runs. Yeah. So technically we should have won by one run. And then technically we didn't even lose anyway because scores were level after both the end of the game and the super over. Mm. And, but we lost less wickets with under the old system. Um, it uh, would have been – they would have given the victory to us because ah, they lost. we lost less wickets, but they changed it halfway through the World Cup to m- more boundaries, which is probably fortuitous. Or, you know, it's like that's just the way it happened. But to me, it's like, yeah, no, we, we didn't lose that. Well, we didn't lose it. They did England just got the trophy. Power, yeah. And I was so proud of our boys. Yeah, I was man. so yeah, proud of our yeah, boys. Yeah. I mean, that's it's hard to swallow because if we were ever going to win the Cricket World Cup, it, it would have been that. Yeah. But no, I feel like we've got a great chance yeah, now still because feel like you see our depth yeah. now. Yeah. We've actually got like massive batting depth that coming yeah. out of nowhere. And they're actually not just sticking with the same guys. They're switching them out, which would mm-hmm. be a thing that we've done in the past. We were stuck with those top order guys that keep yeah. like, oh, yeah, they made runs like five games ago and they'd keep yeah. them in the team, man. Yeah. Whereas now they're actually having the balls to switch them out after two yeah, or three yeah, games. Failing, and now we've which got the depth. It's something that Australia used to do, hands down. That's and why now they Australia probably... in turn have actually kept some guys in, you know, like they started like the old formula, you know. Yeah, wow. Well, they should get rid of right. that guy and put Steve Smith like listen. I don't even like Steve Smith, and I'm just gonna say that, but if he I, is an amazing batter if and a great captain. Yeah. And they should do that. They should do that. And, and and if Australia was smart about their cricket, they'd do that and um get someone younger in there, like Optics, um, though, eh? Alex Carey probably. Optics, bro. It is what it is. But yeah. yeah, now we're in that power position where and we're gonna play for the test championship and so to be honest it's against india and england and the conditions will suit us uh we got we got lucky in a way but then again we've been winning so many series so 
we might win the test championship and I think we probably should because the conditions will suit us. India are an absolutely phenomenal cricket team, but like a lot of cricket teams, they, they can't play very well when the ball's moving around and we do it the best. Mm. Um, well, we have good bowlers that we, can we do have it as bowlers well. That can move and the ball. can really move the ball. And, yeah. and it doesn't always move, but it usually does in English conditions mm. and the, we're probably the best at it. So we probably should win that and I hope we do. And then that might ease the pain of how we got rorted in the World Cup. I hope so, final. man. But yeah, it um, and something that I can think always is uh, gets our teams a lot of time, especially our cricket team, is choking on the bigger occasions. Eh? And um, I yeah, think we're we growing from that. No, I think we're really growing from time, that. Yeah. But I think that is one thing that the Aussies do very well. And I'm not just they saying get in up cricket, for the big I mean occasion. everything. They get up for the big occasions and 100%. they and they make it count when it does. 100%. Where we we lack that killer stroke, apart from the All Blacks. We have done in a lot of our sporting endeavors, and and I think that's something we can learn to be a lot better 100%, at. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. It's a thing, man. It's a thing. Yeah, and um, we've just got so much depth there now in the cricket. Like, I, mean, I actually feel like we're gonna, like, the next twelve years are gonna be phenomenal. And you know, one thing I was thinking yesterday when I was like finished doing a few things I had to get done, I sat down and watched a little bit of the cricket. I was thinking, man, one day when I'm financially independent, it'd be so cool. It was like me and a couple of other mates, a guy like yourself, joined the crew too. Just go around, uh, you know, maybe in New Zealand or wherever, like just follow the team around and watch a whole bunch of games on a tour. Yeah, Just get working, drunk in yeah, the stands yeah. and enjoy it. Yeah. That'd be so cool. Well, I remember there's a little bit of talk of that for the World Cup a while ago. Yeah, but we don't quite get there, did we? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that would be, that would be awesome. That would be so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe like, what is it, eight eight years from now or whatever when we're back, the World Cup's around here, maybe in New Zealand, you know, financially independent by then, maybe do that. Yeah. That'd be so much fun. And uh, But yeah, I, I feel like that's one thing that's worth touching on. Eh? It's like sports are like a good metric to measure how really – how we are as a people from mm. New Zealand and Australia for that matter overperforming as opposed to population size like we really are special people from both countries yeah and now um, I feel like we're, we're going to see more of that in the film game too it's like Gold Coast through all this fucking COVID bullshit that's been going on has actually lucked out incredibly because a lot of like Gold Coast was already getting a lot of productions, but now more are coming to the Gold Coast. So yeah, Gold Coast right. is like the Beverly Hills of the well, Australia of the itself, South. I think. I mean, they just locked in four or five years at uh, Fox. Well, the, the um, Fox Studios or the studios down in Sydney, uh, Marvel Productions. But I also, yeah, we're obviously getting a lot here. Just finished up Elvis yeah. film that was just recently been doing. Um, you got the. Uh, Ron Howard film, which is the soccer team trapped in the trapped in the Taiwanese caves. Um, By another great director, Mad Ron Max. Howard. Oh, amazing! Mad Max coming here. The next one. Um, there's a lot going on. Lot Netflix going on. films, you know. And that's why you know where I bought my house. Um, it's in Pacific Pines. Yeah. Which is uh, just behind Movie World and all that there. And you know my lawyers, my lawyers, and that's another story we probably should touch on too. Um, I'll go for those though. That'll yeah. be good for me. Yeah. A little bit more whiskey too, my my brother. Um, so I, I bought a house in Pacific Pine. My bad. Sorry. My bad. My bad. Uh, I lost Dan's the handle. Bad. Dan's bad. I lost the handle. Uh, 
Pacific Pines, which is just behind Movie World and all the, the yeah. studios where my lawyers are and where they're doing all that stuff, like all the studios are in Movie World. Um, so it's it's actually like, see, I, I went through a cruise around Beverly Hills and in, in Los Angeles. Um, and where I'm where I bought my house and where we're living now is actually a lot like Beverly Hills, bro. Like, pardon me, like the actual Beverly Hills, like most of Beverly Hills is quite flash, but it's like you, you think of like the real flash areas where the actors and stuff all buy houses. But the majority of it's like flash, but like you've just got like your upper class middle, uh, sorry, upper middle class people living there. Yeah. Or middle class people living in these nice houses. Um, so like Pacific Pines where I where I bought kind of seems that way to me as well. It's kind of very much like Beverly Hills around there. And it's right next to Studio Village and the studios and stuff. And um, that's what, thanks, bro. It's Cheers, called bro. Pacific Pines, but it's like Beverly Hills. So I'm thinking of calling it Jeremy Hills. <laughs> <laughs> now I've been around a few of those areas. They're good. Well kept, like yeah. not gated community, but almost pretty much that yeah. way, right? Like, mm. and yeah, no, it's fantastic, man. Like good places there. Oh, I love it there. But yeah, it's great like having all those films coming here and it's a great opportunity for a lot of Queensland actors and Sydney actors, you know, people in Australia here. Like I know the stunt teams for one, I know a lot of the stunt guys that have been on like world-class films you know like recently finished the guys that started down like ap8 um stunt academy down the gold coast i like, had to pretty much close shop even though they had one of the best ones um because their guys were just getting prominent on the film sets and they were doing they were on aquaman and a lot of those films and thor and everything uh ragnarok but they also recently did the fast and furious new film and all that and just so many wanted uh not wanted sorry um the other Charlize Theron Netflix uh, film that was really good. Like it's just so many of them and they're getting picked up because they're one of the best stunt like teams in, in the world now. Oh, and yeah. um, like the films are coming here. We've got great, fantastic opportunities for actors, for filmmakers, awesome. for production assistants, everybody involved. And, it, and it's fucking crazy. It's good. And it's awesome in New Zealand as well, because I know we're not there. We're not a part of it at the moment. You know, mm. we're forging our, our steel here, but, it's just I've had Avatar, you know, back to back, like several, like two or three films, you know, like shooting over there. They've I think it's yeah, opened three, up production yeah. houses over there, like in a lot of the places. It's fantastic, man, to see. Yeah, um, it's coming south, babe. But yeah, it's coming south, and 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 that it really is like like that saying. There's no such thing as a small role. That's real. There's a couple That's of extras. what you make of it, bro. Yeah, there's a couple of extras I had on um, Western culture, and I want to. I'm keen to get them in for whatever I do next and audition them because they just were that professional and were that great as extras. Like it made a huge difference. Like there's a couple of cuts I've made where these guys are in the background and they're like picture perfect with what they should have been doing as background action. Just so professional. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to see what they've got. Um, Counts. Cause directors like you see that. I see that. And now I'm editing too. I see mm. it even more. Mm. Uh, that's like, I love editing bro. As much as writing. Cause it's like rewriting, but yeah. Uh, um, what was I going to say before? I think I might've lost it. But what, what, well, that's, that's a change for you too, because, and let's speak about that because before, you know, you've great writer, you know, thank you. Really good director. And I've got to say fucking awesome actor to watch on screen. And I know you, you, don't give, you don't give yourself enough props for it. And a lot of, and a lot of actors don't, you know, but you are, you're very I'm intriguing. Sure I'm a good director. Very, <laughs> like, you know. I, I think your, your, your real big strength is writing. 
I think writing I, is, I, writing I, is your I strength, agree. and I know you put a lot into that, mm. and uh, and you do a phenomenal amount of research when it comes to your films, and and yeah. like you say before, Joseph Campbell um, and the other Robert people that McKee. you draw inspiration from, you know, and, Robert McKee, Blake Snyder, yeah. Uh, Richard Walter. Yep. All these guys, man. And I think that's one of your real strong points, like your phenomenal standout strong points from reading your scripts mm. and directing. I think being on set with you a lot of times you've, you've learned and you've grown so many times through every film you've done. I, I really believe that. And you're a very humble director, you know, you so? like, yeah, yeah, Thank yeah. You. And like, I've been called arrogant before, <laughs> you know, but it's, um, it's, it's something to marvel, you know, and, and I think being that humble, you know, like you're, you're a big dude, you've got a big energy, you know, and, but you really boost up the people around you. And that's something to oh, highlight. I, little. No. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's Andrew touched on it as well. And it probably couldn't have been said any better. We both spoke about it because we've both been a part of your films before and you've got great leadership quality and Thank that's you. something you don't find every day, but it's been humble. I, I try. It's been humble in that leadership quality though. I try my best. Yeah. But it's um, like when, when you're in an indie set and you're on an indie budget and you're on an indie mindset, you know, where you've got to do things minimalistically, but you're trying to be so large with what you're doing as well. And that's where it stands out. And it's one thing that Andrew highlighted when you're shooting Western culture, that you're throwing some sort of body down the river. It wasn't actually a body, just saying that. But you swam out into the river to get that every single time and bring it back. Yeah. And, you know, that's just something that stands out because in cold of the night and everything that was going on, you still went and did that even though you're directing a scene. You didn't have to. You could have made someone else do it, but you chose to do that. And I know there's a lot of times that you've done that and and we'll bring an example up of before is where when you do that sort of thing, it inspires us as actors too. And we were shooting that music video. And I don't know if you remember, we are down that back alleyway shooting in Fortitude Valley and I get king hit and mm-hmm. knock from behind. And the amount of times that I had to fall on the ground on concrete on a cardboard box we had laid down on the ground. But it was like everything, and I stand by this every time, and not just in that part, but what's best for the film? Let's just do it. You know, if it looks great, let's just do it. You know, and there'd be so many people that wouldn't have done that and wouldn't have done what you did, you know, but it's that it's that thing that you inspire within us, you know, and that presence of leadership and that presence, you, you yeah. know, to make us want to strive to be better and and you encourage us in a certain way yeah. and whether it's blowing smoke up our ass or not, you know when to do it. And sometimes you have to do to. that too, and, right? And sometimes you got to take a lead back and not and you got to let us sometimes, do it. Sometimes you, you need to blow a little smoke. Sometimes yeah. you got to rope someone in a bit. Yeah. Someone's getting a little bit too far out there. It's like, hey, come on, man. Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, I suppose I've had really good examples set like that too with my family, my friends. Like I feel like... Um, a lot of the problems you'll see with a lot of the upper echelon of uh, filmmakers and actors and stuff, they get way out there and you're like, this person's a fucking piece of shit. It's because they've probably got so many sycophants around all the time, blowing smoke at their ass 24 seven, too many yes men. It's like, you you do need people around that'll bring you back down to earth to a point. You don't want crab in a bucket styles. It's like a balance. It's one of those yin and yang things. It's like you don't want crab in a bucket or a tall poppy, but you want someone to just rope you in a little bit. Uh, but then, yeah, sometimes people need encouragement too. Um, and then in terms of leadership, yeah, it's, it's something like I um, I learned a lesson really early in my geology career, which I, I tell you what I love. I love being a geologist. I love being a scientist. I read about uh, – I'm a very busy guy, but I read about two to three scientific articles a week. Every week, 
um, and I'm reading more now than I ever have, mostly nonfiction science stuff, which is funny as a creative, right? Mm. But uh, I mean, I've read that many books on creative stuff and I'm reading that stuff all the time too. But, um, but yeah, uh, where was I going with that? Um, oh yeah, as a geologist, like one of the big lessons I learned in terms of like humility and accountability, which I think are two things you really do need as a leader. And I've come to become a leader um, with what I do. And it's like, I try to be the best that I can. But one, one lesson I really learned early on in my geology career was uh, I just moved to Australia. I was living at my mate's place, like a guy I'd met. And uh, we struck it off this Aussie dude. Shout out to Scott Andrews. Um, he took me into his house and just paid rent, you know, and it was a nice house in Rabina, but it was a hell of a trick to Rabina train station. It was like still like a hell of a trick. And I was riding his bike and that was cool. It was like a 15, 20 minute ride still because Rabina is a big area. To catch the train to Brisbane to work as a geologist, which like um, half the time of that company I was working with back then was based in Brisbane, half the time based out in the field, whatever. So yeah, I was, I was, I had to get up to Brisbane one morning and um, like always, and then I was riding this bike. I was like, sweet as I'll be on time. And then the, the chain on the bike just snapped. So it was like, okay, fuck. Like, and, and it's like, you can't, you can't run as fast as you ride a bike. It's like not even the same ballpark. It's like, you know, a bike's like closer to a car than it is walking or running. You know what I mean? So I was about halfway there. So I was like, this bike, I just had to leave in the, f actually, no, I fucking ran with it. That's right. I didn't want to leave it there. So I ran with it and I ran all the way to the train station, like sprinting at like quarter to five in the morning. Cause I had to be up that early just to get to the office at the time I was supposed to. But, you know, then it was summer and, you know, it's hot as balls in Australia. So it was like, by the time I got there, I was a sweaty mess, which you would have been even in the cold. Mm. The, the amount I, I ran like fucking six Ks, like sprinted. And back then I was so fit. Like, there's no way I could do that now. Like, I'd give it a go, but back then I was so fit. So I sprinted all the way there. Got there. I still chained up Scotty's bike because I didn't want to lose his bike. And I fucking missed the train. Like, I saw the train leaving as I was just entering the car park running in the train car park. So I seen the train I needed to get on, which means I was about half an hour behind where I needed to be. So I got, I got like on the train and luckily I always carried talcum powder on me because I got massive thighs. <laughs> so, and, and, uh, smellies, you know, like deodorant cause I like to smell nice, but and I had a bag with me with all that stuff. And luckily, cause I got onto the train the next train, which is like, what, roughly 19, 17 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever, behind, which means I was going to be late. Uh, half an hour even, I think, at that time. Yeah, I think it was half an hour. So I got on the train and I just stripped naked in the toilet because um, they've got toilets on these trains, just stripped naked and hung my clothes up because I was just saturated in sweat. And I sprayed them. Sprayed them with, you know, and I just talked the fuck out of my nutsack and my ass, <laughs> you know, and just sat there in the air conditioning naked for like 40 minutes, just in the toilet, eh? just like trying to cool down because I'd sprinted for six kilometers. And I got to work, ended up getting to work actually presentable, like no one probably would have known any different the way I turned up, apart from the fact that I was about 35 minutes late. And, um, 
I got shit. I got, I copped a lash of shit for being late because the microscope was on me, you know, like new guy. Uh, Kiwi as well, they were very, very turned on by my persona, but also like wary. Yeah. You know, if that Tom's makes sense. Territory, yeah. yeah. Like they, yeah. So it's like, and I got, I copped a lash of shit from the 2IC, uh, who is also the CFO, the chief financial officer of the company. He's like, why are you late? This is a concern. I was like, bro, if you knew the morning I'd had, what it took for me to get here. And, um, you know, uh, he was just like, I started describing my morning. I didn't even get two seconds into it. And he's like, hey, 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 that's not my problem. That's not our problem. You need to be here at a specific time. It's got nothing to do with, you know, and 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 to to what he knew, I might have just been on the piss mm. and, and and making, making up excuses. excuses yeah. I, I, the funny thing is, I'm a truthful person. I'm very like I, I don't really lie much, you know. Like if at all, like I'm very truthful. Sometimes people laugh at me when I speak the truth because it seems so ironic. Which the truth can often be. So I don't know if they've like it, it probably doesn't matter. And and to be yeah, the way he was acting, it probably didn't matter at all. It doesn't matter. Like he be get her on time. And uh, that was a huge lesson, and I was only 23, 24 years old when I learned that lesson in accountability. And it's huge. It's like it doesn't matter to them. Like, although having said that, when it's like my film sets, I'm not too like someone rolls up half an hour late. You know, if it's hours late, it's like come on, man. Mm. You know, but it's like if, it's, if someone's like half an hour late, it's like ah. To be honest, I'm often the same. I, actually, I was what like an hour late for this podcast, wasn't I? So, <laughs> so what we said at what time I'd turn up? Yeah, and, yeah. Um, but look, so. I, I know you pretty well, man. I knew you were gonna when you come up, you're gonna bring the goods. Yeah, thanks. That's it. The goods, like you're talking about, <laughs> you're talking about that. No. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, that was a huge lesson in accountability mm. um, early, uh, and there's been other ones along the way, and. Also, in terms of film, it's like a hell of a noble quest, but it's also a hell of a like, geez, like, you know, I, I reckon I've failed more than I've succeeded, but it's like failing in the right direction, right? Hmm. It's well, like it's, a, it's, it's a learning thing. It's part of the process, you know, like it's, it's failure is something that you can uh, look away from, that you can try and avoid, but you're not going to grow unless you fail. You know, something that I've had to come to terms with personally and in a lot of occasions, you know? Yeah, I'm really proud of you, bro, actually. Like you're a good friend of mine before the fact that we've worked together and before the fact that we probably work together in the future. I'm really proud of you as a brother. Like do I, like I know you got your issues like we all do. Mm. Um, all of us do. Like, yeah, and I was a minor, let's be honest. I was a minor. But, um, you know, you've, uh, your podcast, you're, you're creating real momentum with this and you're really good. You're much better than I was. Like I did a few podcasts earlier in the day. I'm better at doing this, at being the subject, just just <laughs> yeah. talking. You know, you're really excellent, bro. I've watched I watched three of your podcasts. Andrews was my favorite. Yeah, Bernard Mina, what a guy! I don't know if I think we're friends on Facebook. I don't know if I've met him. No, he's a good dude. Yeah, no, no, I appreciate that, man. And yeah. then those people that um the ones that did that thing you're on. Yeah, um, yeah, hard not cool life, people, yeah. cool people. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the names. Uh, Jason Larry, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, cool people and um you're you're really good you know you're a good listener which is uh, how i feel about myself uh, that's why i've got a beautiful fiance i feel like it's because i'm a good listener <laughs> she, 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 she you're giving her, her puppy dog eyes right now <laughs> she shakes she shakes her head at that 
Um, I can't think of why it'd be anything else. Uh, you know, she's, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, you're fantastic. And then also your growth as an actor. Like I thought you were fantastic with, um, what you did in Alpha Miski, our film. And I thought you've done a great job, um, with other stuff we've done, but you've also had limitations you've had to like face up to, Mm. which we all do. And you've done that and it's like, I don't know where you're at now, but I, I do know you've, you've probably grown a lot. Um, and I look forward to maybe the next time we work together pushing you. Yeah, man, for sure, bro. I, I look forward to it too, man. And it's just um, it's just something you got to go to as a, go through as a human being. You know, it's not just as an actor, but um, yeah, there's just been things like on set, you know, like and it's um, you know, without going into too much depth of it, it's just like it's you got to find things out about yourself, you mm. know, in life and and with your pursuits. And sometimes you might not be ready for that. And sometimes it could be the most unfortunate circumstance and you can let a whole bunch of people down, including yourself, you know, and that's tough. And it's something you got to live with, you know, it's going to happen to everybody that does that. It does. But often from those circumstances, you can come with fruitious, tenacious, enthusiasm and education from the circumstance. And as long as you learn from it and you be a better person for whatever attributes that you're trying to go towards or whatever, it's just part of the journey. That's and it's just it something that we have to go through. That's, you like, know? that's where you need to have controlled arrogance. That's what I was actually forgot. I was going to say before, like controlled arrogance in certain situations is fantastic. It's like, are you telling me Tiger Woods was not arrogant when he was like putting from the rough or putting from like, trying to get a shot, an impossible shot, and he did it because he was so fucking phenomenally fantastic. Mm. Um, you're telling me there wasn't a little bit of arrogance in his mindset there? You, you need some controlled arrogance. And that's why I feel like a, a lot of Australians are really good, with, and uh, particularly in the sporting realm. Yeah. I feel like we must be with our All Blacks and our rugby guys, right? You, uh, you uh, South Islanders are probably better than us Northerners, uh, North Islanders uh, with that stuff. Um but yeah, uh, where was I going with that? Oh yeah, like you know, like I've seen um, stuff from you to suggest to me as as an artist, as an actor, you actually don't know how good you are, and I feel like you as a person too don't actually know how beautiful you are and how like much you have to offer. So you need to potentially like feel a little bit better about yourself and back yourself a bit more if I could say anything. Yeah. Ho- hopefully that's not offensive to you. No, 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 uh, no. And um, a little bit more controlled arrogance. Yeah. Why not? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and because I've, I've seen stuff from you and, and, and like um, you've done great performances on our films together before, but I've seen stuff from you where we've pushed the limits and I've seen little snippets of how good you can be. And you can get there like Talia is now. I mean, she must have like done so much eh, to get to where she is. Now you don't get there without work. No, no, you don't know. Mm. No, I think she started pretty early, but I think for me, it's like, um, I get in my own way, 
you know? Me. Yeah, a little like bit. Like way too much I in my own way, too. in my own head. I do that too. Yeah, and it's something um, I'm going to have to consistently work on. And it's not it's not just with acting. It's just with everyday life, you know, with everything that well, you're towards. a water sign, baby. You're emotional Dude, too. I'm sensitive. You know I'm, I'm emotional. I'm in touch with all of but those But those, those are good things. They're like an Achilles heel and they're good too. Yeah. It's like everything's it's a yin and yang. the yang, bro. That's why yeah, I've got a tan on my back, man. It's like I'm an air sign. Yeah. Like I'm apparently intelligent and um suave i don't i don't know if i'm suave i'm, I'm looking like <laughs> a fucking silverback gorilla over here you know what i'm saying but um you uh, also being an air sign you can be in the clouds like a little bit harvesting, too harvesting a little bit too fucking <laughs> yeah i've read some of the scripts and then yeah yeah but that's you got to indulge yourself and then you bring it back and then fire signs you know a little bit too much fire is not good. Yeah. It's like, why are you so aggressive? <laughs> and Scorpios. then uh, earth signs can be a little bit um, self-loathing, mm. you know, but they're, they're earth, they're mother earth. Like my mother, she's a Virgo. So it's like, you know, as, as a, as a water sign, you're, you're emotional. I don't know your charts, but um, it is a thing, these things. And if you did For your sure. charts, you'd probably find that there's other stuff that could tell you about your personality. I should get my sister to do that for you, actually. She's really good. Samara. Yeah. Um, it'll tell you stuff about yourself that you can work on. Mm. But, um, but yeah, you've got you, you got to concentrate on those strengths too, the yin and the yang. Concentrate yeah. on those strengths and, and be, it's like, you know, as, a, uh, as a, an artist like us, it's like I've done a short film where it's been shit, let's be honest. And people be like, oh, that's shit. I've done stuff that I think's good that people have said, ah, it's shit. You know, and it's like that's the little plasmatic membrane where you got to back yourself. It's mm. like, well, does that person know what they're talking about? Probably not. Probably not. Like if, if, if you think it's good, and you've put your heart and soul into it and someone says it's shit, but you actually think it's pretty good, fuck them. Be arrogant in that moment. Yeah. Be arrogant. Not not to them. Don't say, fuck you. Don't do that. Be arrogant in your belief of yourself. Yeah. Uh, controlled arrogance. Stay within. Yeah. Just be like, you know what? I don't believe them and I can't. But then in other situations, it's like, but even with that, like look at the like negative and see if there's something that might touch on something you could work on. And then with the constructive criticism too, it's like, yeah, look at what you can work on. Um, and and uh, uh, you're always a work in progress. And that's the main thing. If you're, if you're the same person you were five years ago, you're not, you're not testing yourself. Mm. If you haven't failed in five years, you're not testing yourself. No. Like you have to You're not to reaching fail. the limits within yourself. You're, you're, not you're, putting a, you're putting a parameter on yourself. You're putting a parameter on yourself. Which you're not going to grow and you're not going to become the best version of yourself. 100%. Yeah. Jeez, you're wise. you've gotten a lot more wise too, bro, <laughs> in the last few years, haven't you? Comes um, a failure, man. Yeah. And, um, and just searching, you know, yeah. within yourself from things that have happened. Um, just life, bro. You yeah. know, like it's a, it, you can either let it beat you down and like a – like a metal, malleable being, it, it shapes you ductile. for what it is. Yeah, ductile, ductile yeah. It's just, um, you know, you sharpen your tool. You get better. You get more precise with what you're trying to do. I want to see that tool, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Can you show me that tool? <laughs> no. uh, Which movie is this going to be in? 
Do you remember when it used to be like everything that would come to your mind, you would make it happen in your movies and often the time it would happen to me? Yeah. <laughs> you remember that time yeah. where I had, you made me work out naked and then <laughs> – yeah, <laughs> which a film is going to be coming like out soon? But uh, the homoeroticism of that film, which will come out, <laughs> it's like it's good, but it's also like a play on um, vanity. That film, eh? mm. and I reckon I can get a lot out of it. Like I've I've watched all the takes, and I've been through. That's another thing with editing. It's like I've been through that many permutations with going through stuff with editors and actually getting no result. Yeah, you know, um, we did with Alpha, you know. Um, shout out to the bro, but like so many of the short films I've had sitting on the shelf, it's gone from this editor to that editor to that editor. Nothing's been done. It just shows you how many people procrastinate. Yeah, but they're just trying to do the main editorial cut. Yeah, and it's like it's- some of them didn't even do fuck all. Yeah, and it's like. Uh, uh, I suppose it's like you know when you're not paying big money, you know most people think of their time is valuable, which they need to. Mm. But and that's what makes our quest so much more valuable because let's be honest, as an artist to start out, you have to work for love. You just have to mm. like every actor in the world and every artist in the world, every filmmaker in the world started out their craft doing it for love, even being out of pocket for it. That's just the reality of it. And people these days, I see people on the chats being like, ah, you're a fuckwit if you don't pay this, that, and the other. It's like, well, I don't know. You know, like sometimes you have to do the best with what you got, you know, and that's what I've done thus far. Mm. And I'd love to pay everyone like more than what the standard rates are, but it's not always the case, is it? But, um, yeah. What was I on about before then? I, I think I've... I think I've gone tangentially um i was gonna say something yeah you were talking about uh yeah the oh fuck even i've lost it mm. pardon my friend the, the editorial cut the edit yes yeah, sorry thank you um so you're the man you're the man bro you're a good listener uh so i was like going through all this shit and even like how tough it was going through alpha which can be a good thing sometimes if you butt heads with the editor uh, you know, uh, shout out to Nicholas Andrew Halls. He did a great job. On Even Alpha. though you put him through the ringer, I did. And he put <laughs> me. Did. He did with me too. Yeah, like, you just clashed. But, but I, good but, things but come I was of it. putting him through the hours I work. Yeah, which is just insane. Yeah. Like you expect that from people. You can't expect that from everybody. Like I, I am insane, bro. With the amount of output, like time. Dude, I remember the hours we used to spend 12 or 14 hours on set or whatever. And then we'd go back to your place and have a few beers and watch all the cuts and everything. And then be back, back up like two hours later to go shoot the next day or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Countless amount of times. Oh, yeah. That's me. Like, I, I love it's my terrific. sleep. I love my sleep. And if I can get it, I'll get it. But if I have to, like, burn the candle at both ends, bro, I'm good at it. Mm. And um, I'm not saying I'm, a, I'm the most efficient person because I'd like to be, and I'm working on that. But one thing you can guarantee with me is I'll put the time in, no matter what. And if I can get more efficient, then I'm going to be so dangerous. Mm. Like yeah, Jeff Bezos wash out, you know what About I'm saying? Yeah, day. Um, yeah. So, uh, and then that's something I'm working on. But yeah, in terms of like editing, it's like I've had so many issues and I've got all these short films sitting on the shelf that I'm so keen to get edited after I edit this um, feature one of which you were the lead in, which is great. 
and it's a great film. One of the which I was the lead in, and I kill like thirty people in the so I'm like a gangster. Yeah, I'm like everyone says I look like the Kiwi Vin Diesel in it because you do, you do. Yeah, it's hilarious. So when I'm clean shaven, it's it is what it is. But um, yeah, like uh, that's where we went down. That's what we were talking about. We were talking about Agent Eighty Eight and your editing. Yeah, and and then we went well, down. Well, the, the thing is, like these editors have just like I've got nothing but problems. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to learn how to edit. And that's, it's actually been a revelation. I'm so thankful for that because editing is actually my next strongest suit next to writing, if not equal, like, and it is like rewriting, but with the visual and I absolutely fucking adore it. Like I, there's no one that's ever going to edit my films apart from me moving forward because I love it that much. It's like writing and editing and directing is me. Like that's going to be me. And, and, and it's so good when you understand what you feel like is like what a project's essence is about to be able to control that in the edit too. Because mm. you and get a chance to reshape the film in an artistic notion. Exactly. It's yeah. like a rewrite again. Yeah. yeah. But visually. Visually, yeah. And um, because, like you were saying but earlier. I think it's because you're so expressive as a writer, you know, like, and then you get to see it visually and you're seeing it in a whole other realm, obviously, and everything else you've created in between with the different scenes and takes and everything yes. like we've spoken about. Yeah. You were saying earlier, like you feel like, oh, fuck, I felt like I did better in that scene mm. as an actor. Mm. Um, see me, if I've made a decision, I've gone through everything three, four, five, six, ten times. So you can bet your bottom dollar I haven't skimped on that decision. It's a decision I've fucked with. Yeah. I've fucked with it. I was like, I've, I've chosen that. And I'm like, okay, let's put in another take. Nah, don't like it. I like that one better. Put in another take. Nah, don't like that. I like that one better. Put another take. Ah, oh, I like that one better. That's me. Like a, 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 most of what I do is actually like not actually um, efficient in that sense. Yeah. But it is in terms of creatively. creatively yeah, yeah. Like um, I'm not just going for time which is probably what a, a lot of editors might do. Yeah, and in fact, sure. since I've edited, on the clock, kind of. Yeah. And since I've edited now, I see, like, I watch stuff with the missus. I'm like, ah, their editing is not great. They've, they've probably been on a time constraint, which can also be a good thing because you've got a deadline. You have to get shit done. Yeah. But with me, I'm, I'm more than content with, like, films in the future of mine to sit on the edit for at least a year if I have to, if I don't feel right. It's like really do it properly. You know what I mean? Mm. And, and and that's the same with my writing. You know, it's it's different on the day uh, when you're shooting. It's like, well, you got to get shit done when you got to get shit done. And actors are never happy. Like, uh, barely ever happy. Yeah. It's like, I, I feel like I could have done better. It's like, of course you did. You're an actor. <laughs> if you didn't <laughs> yeah. say that, I'd be worried. Mm. You know, like, are you happy with, like, uh, I've got a good relationship like that. It's like, are you happy with that take? Are you happy? Like, give me a... Like how many takes were you happy with? Got because something in that. Like, yeah. I was happy with seven out of the nine takes. How yep. many are you happy with? Oh, I'm happy with three, four. Well, that's good. Okay, we'll move on. You know, it's like mm. if you, if you, that, if you yeah. listen to the whims of an actor, you'd be there all day on one fucking scene <laughs> for yeah, three course. years. <laughs> yeah, you know that's yeah, and uh, that's uh, that's actually a beautiful thing, and that's where I come in. I suppose yeah. as a that's as, the love of the as, art as the leader. Yeah, and also yeah, that thing going back to um, jumping in the water. Like, I wouldn't expect that of anyone. Mm. Like, um, you know, like, those are shark-infested waters there, bro. Yeah, bull sharks. People yeah. have died. Yeah. Um, and we're chucking a, like, makeshift body um, out into the water, and I had to run, like, or swim and get it. There's no way I was ever going to ask anyone else to do no. that. 
And he but Andrew, really, yeah. Andrew, the way he thinks, God bless that guy, because he's one of the best actors I've ever worked with. And I mean that, Andrew, if you're listening to this, like he he is absolutely fantastic. I know he's got like a few like little issues he's working out on the side in life, but that's most actors are like that. He's actually most actors, more. It's most people, but most yeah. people, yeah, yeah. Well, most people. But he's like really raw mm. with his acting. He's really raw with admitting to his faults. He's actually like probably mentally ahead of the game more than he gives himself credit for. Yeah. He, he's actually self-reflexive, which most people incorporate their nonsense in absolute pieces of shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's actually Justify good. Justify it, yeah. It's actually good like to, to be self-critiquing. Um, you know, and, and he, he's wonderful like that, but he, I've seen him, he's actually more comfortable when he's acting. Like if he's acting and he's got a role to sink his teeth into, he's more natural, um, with the way he acts yeah. than he is even as in real life. Mm. He's more natural in the way he is as a person when he's doing that than he is when he's sitting static. That guy just needs to be busy with acting. I just think it's that something that he has control of. You know, yeah, like, he, like it's it, more control of the character, you know, like rather than himself, which could be sporadic, and then which and, makes him fantastic, you know, makes him fantastic, and yeah. the good people yeah. can vibe with him, you know, like we yeah. get along great, you know, and, and so and many s- aspects, yeah, and and seeing him like going through the permutations he does as an actor, as a performer, um, I'm so in awe of him, like he really goes so deep, like, and he really gets there, like, and he's not afraid to fuck things up which I love. It's like this takes, I'm just like, oh. <laughs> and yeah. I'm honest about it and he's cool. Like yeah. he's humble with that. He's humble if it's a fuck he up. he took a swing. But he took a swing. Yeah. And then he might take like 10 swings and four of them are fantastic. And I'm like, now I've got a problem because I've got four of these ridiculously um, idiosyncratic moments that are just fantastic for character. And I've got to choose one. Six of them were shit. You know, but four of them were fucking phenomenal and he's not afraid to do that. So he should probably, like yourself, give in to the fact that, like, we have a little bit more controlled arrogance and be a little bit more self-aware uh, of how beautiful you, you guys are. Yeah, as, I as think people. I could learn a few a thing or two from him in that regard. Well, we can learn stuff of everybody, right? Mm. But, yeah, in that regard, most mm. definitely. Like, and, and, like, initially I wrote his role for Bo. Mm. He's a fucking fantastic actor. Yeah, he is, yeah. Like, isn't he? He's, he's like a Heath Ledger He to was me. so solid, bro, for Alpha. Like, bro, he's, like he's, from that moment, you remember one of the first things, digging the hole to bury the the body of mm. uh, Uncle Fabrizio? Like, yeah. it was shot way out of sequence. No, no, that was a different was body. Oh, yeah, it was. Okay. But, um, and I just remember seeing that. I'm like, and then throwing the body off the roof, you know, that yeah. one. And then, and then from everything else from there, I'm just like, oh, shit. I did not expect that at Bowie. What a great scene that was. Yeah. They were both great scenes. Like, I love that film. Yeah. And remind me before we finish this podcast to go through Alpha Masky and the situation with that. Yeah. In terms of distribution. Well, let's, 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 let's cover some other territory first. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to need to take a piss in a moment. We've already me too. over two hours in, so yeah, let's, let's, go, let's get to that now. We should go another half hour. Well, let's, let's, let's oh, get to up that. To you. Let's, let's get to that now. Let's, yeah? let's do it. Yeah. What was I quickly then? Let me address. Okay. Um, yeah, no. Okay. So Bo, fantastic actor. He's, he's got a Heath Ledger thing for me. 
Heath Ledger thing for me. Like he really does. And he's a wonderful dude. I love the guy. Like I love him as a person. You know, I don't have to love um, the people that um, are on our films together, like um, that we produce together. Like I don't have to love those people, but it, like I, I love that guy. Like he's a wonderful dude. Mm. And I initially wrote Andrew's role for him. And Andrew ended up in the role. And now I'm just like, I, I just couldn't see yeah. how anyone else apart from Andrew could have done that role. And, and, and wait until you see the film. Like, because it doesn't matter necessarily how good Talia um, was. You know, it doesn't necessarily matter how good Layla was in the two main roles, unless you got the uh, antagonist performing at a high level. And let me say as well, Victor, who's now my also my personal trainer and my dietitian, which he, he won't like the beers I've consumed today, but he's on my ass. And, and the lost, whiskey. I've, Shout out to Victor Fane. I, I went from 128 kilos because I put on weight on purpose to um, play the role of um, uh, Talia's character, uh, Heidi's a grandfather, Uncle Roggenbold. Yeah. Uh, and then through editing, I got a, I ballooned out to 134 kilos because cool. I was drinking beer, and now I'm down to 116, and I'm going for 110 for my wedding, and I'm I'm feeling good, but I'm I, I, yeah like uh, the the um, what was I going to go with that? Oh yeah, Victor Victor's been a big big help, and then that guy is a fucking phenomenal actor, and he's probably like one of the best looking dudes I've ever seen in my life. So Chisel. shout out to Victor. Yeah, shout he, out brother. What a beautiful man he is. Okay, so. Sorry about that. Um, Don't be sorry. You distribution. Yeah. That's where you wanted to go. Yeah. Okay. Alpha Master Distribution, because okay. originally you had signed with. Let's a, not let's not say their name because okay. I've, I've I've well you probably can but let's not do it. Originally I've signed, you signed a non-disclosure with, with them to get the yeah. film back. Originally you signed with a distribution company, and for a while there they were promoting the film, and supposedly well they had it on platforms, right? Supposedly. Supposedly. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. Um, so I went to America and it was like more of a hat in hand. Uh, I, I, I probably wreaked too much of like first filmmaker's desperation. But, you know, I was being proactive and I just, um, I got what I thought was like cool people. I went to America. I sat down with these people. They seemed reciprocal. They, they fluffed my ego, something shocking which is probably their thing. They're mm. a lower level distributor. Um, I actually did a podcast with my first film school teacher, Colin O'Mercu, shout out, my Irish man there. Um, he was saying he met them at a film market and he got the, he, he said he wished I had have contacted him before signing with them. But, you know, you make a film and you, you just want to get it out there. But there's so Still many. riding that wave, yeah. Yeah, there's so many sharks out there. But I, you know, like, and it, and it was fucked. Like they, I think they distributed it, but I never got any quarterly updates, which they were contractually obligated to do. Once again, not mentioning who they are, like not doing that. So I'm within my rights because uh, I signed a non-disclosure to get the film back at the end of the day that I wouldn't mention them in anything like this or, you know, specific. So I'm not going to mention them because mm. um, that's a deal we made. But uh, uh, if anyone were to call me and ask me 
um, and they happen to randomly be hooked up with these people, I'd tell them not to do it behind closed doors. Let's let's put it that way. Yeah. But um, so yeah, I went to America and I, I thought it was fantastic. Like I, I signed a distribution deal for Alpha Masky and they said they're going to get out there, which I think they did. Um, and then also signed on to get them as a co-producer to produce The Last Witch. And they were saying we can get $12 million to make this film. Mm. I was saying, yeah, well, 12 would be, I reckon 12 would be great. 30 would be ideal. Yeah. Uh, I could probably do it for a couple for that. And you've read the script. I've yeah. been through and a few more. visual effects, yeah. yeah. A lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, visual effects. Visual effects, sorry. Uh, and special, me putting that out no, there no, no, again. And, and special, special effects, effects, but yeah. Oh, both. yeah. Sorry, let's just say both of those because yeah. it's true. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, so the elixir of signing with someone um, got the best of me and I didn't get a lawyer, like a proper lawyer. Like I got my accountant to look at the contract and uh, I should have got lawyers, which I have now, mm-hmm. um, who brokered the deal to get Alpha back because I signed for seven years. But it was like I had many grounds to pull the film from them because they weren't living up to the end of the deal, but it would have got ugly if they didn't play ball. So shout out to them who shall rename, remain nameless. nameless. Yeah. But then again, they were pieces of shit. And then this is what my first film school teacher was saying. He got done the same way with his first featured film. And apparently what they do is they take a bunch of like these feature films, first time filmmakers, they throw them against the wall and whichever one sticks, it's like, oh, okay, well, we'll get that one. And then they'll fuck them over. So it's like, congratulations, you're good enough to swing in the big leagues. And then we're gonna fuck you in the ass. And a lot of, um, and you gotta, you gotta like any filmmakers listen to this. You gotta keep this in mind. Even give me a call or an email or whatever. Uh, I can save you so much time and anguish and money. But anyway, I'm, I will not change anything for the world, bro. Because I've been through this and I've learned, and now I'm, I feel like I'm dangerous, bro. I'm so dangerous in a good way, not in like a serial killer way, but in a way I'm going to make a lot of money and make some waves happen in the film industry and in life. Yeah. Because I've learned so much. And uh, long story short, they fucked me in the ass um, with distribution. I, I feel like they make made money off my film, but I can't attest to that how much or or you know they definitely did. Uh, but. They didn't provide me with quarterly updates, which you need. Um, they didn't give me any money, which they should have. Um, but I got two of the best lawyers on the Gold Coast, and they're actually at Movie World. So it's funny. I actually went through there on my Hilux and a singlet, you know, just uh, while well, Alvis was filming, everyone's looking at me like, who's this guy? I went and met up with my lawyers, who are still my lawyers and will probably remain my lawyers moving forward. Shout out. I'm not going to mention them because I don't think they'd like that. But um, But – because they're very private guys. Mm. But anyway, they were the lawyers on all the Bond films in London, and now they've come back to Australia as of circa two, two years ago. And now they're working out a movie world. Yeah. Two lovely George dudes. And um, they got Alpha back for me. We put a case forward to say, you know, honouring your contract. So I've got Alpha back. Mm. And it's, I want to fix up the sound. I don't think the sound's perfect. I want to fix up the colour. I don't think the colour's perfect in some cases. And I want to maybe shave a couple of beats in a couple of places, but nothing major. Yeah. Um, I'm going to redistribute that. And I might even offer that as a, uh, a package deal with Western culture, but I'm not going to hold to that. It's like Western culture can be its own thing. That can be its own thing, you know, but um, see, the funny thing is I got, I managed to nab 
first school sponsorship for Western culture through from the heart production shout out uh, an American body. Um, this lady, this Irish American lady that runs that and she's fantastic. Uh, so she's going to hook me up with, um, a couple of big meetings with big time distributors for Western culture. Like Sweet. I'm talking like, see with alpha, I went with a lower level one thinking they might play ball. Yeah. And there's all these sharks in that world. See now I'm, I'm skipping ahead to like the big boys. Yeah. She's hooking me up with like big level distributors and, um, Put me in a room with them, bro. That's what I've always said, right? That's all you need, man. Put me in a room. Tell on the door, bro, and you'll budge the rest of the way. We're going to be good. Yeah. We're going to be like, we're going to get distribution and I'm going to get a massive fucking budget for my next film. Yeah. So you can believe that, baby. Yeah. Well, Alpha needs to be seen, bro. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and it's like. I, I'm not, I'm like, that is a big thing for me too. Yeah. It's a market, bro, right now. Like mm. things are getting picked up. That wouldn't always get over. Worst the line. case scenario, it'll be on Netflix. Yeah, but I'm gonna see. I'm gonna go through the other. But some of those places area. are terrific for it, though. You know, or like stand. I, yeah. I, I feel um, like those yeah. um, those places are screaming out for that kind of content. Yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna get that distributed. Can you yeah. believe that, baby? Yeah, we're we're probably not gonna get like the cinema release like we are with Western culture, but it's gonna get out there. Yeah, but anyway, um. Can we, it, can we leave it there? Because I need yeah. to take a piss too. Yeah, no, and so do I. Well, just just up. leave it with one thing, man. Hmm. What what would you say to people in this game, man? To actors, to filmmakers, to everyone doing their thing in this industry. What's something that to leave them with? Patience and persistence. Two words. Patience and persistence. We'll give it three, but two meaningful words. Yeah. Just keep going. Just keep doing what you're doing. Patience and persistence. So you got to be consecutive. You got to keep showing up, and you just got to keep fighting the fight, right? Back yourself. Yeah. Back yourself. Yeah. Put in the work. Put in the work. Read scripts, even if you're not acting the scripts. Read scripts. Read them. Uh, you know, write scripts if you're a writer. Mm. Make films if you're a filmmaker. Even if it's shit. Even if it's a short film. Whatever. Just keep moving forward. Keep moving. And, and, you know, if you fail, don't don't get disheartened. Mm. Patience and persistence. Mistakes, yeah. Patience and persistence. Yeah, that's it. Right, brother. Are we leaving it there? Yeah, we'll leave yeah, it there. Beautiful, right, bro. That's us. We're out. Cheers, Jeremy, for coming on, brother. Thank you, brother. J.R. Hill, one of the most fantastic filmmakers I've ever been on set with. Greatest writers I think I've ever read, read scripts of. It's not the whiskey talking. But you're fantastic, brother. And I, I just you, want bro. to see I you succeed, you. man. I, I, I love do. you too, I love you. brother. And I want you to keep doing your thing, man, mm. because I know you're going to be successful, yeah. man. And everybody around you, be successful for just being in your presence, man. They, they, you. you bring things out in people on set that are just a second to none, man. You bring the best out in people, man. And that's what a true leader is about, man. Thank and that's you. why I love and respect you, brother. Thank you, bro. And I, I want to see people succeed. I want to see people succeed. And, uh, yeah, I, I want to see the best in people. And, um, I also want to have sexual intercourse with Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing it out Just there. Just throwing it out there. Right. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for the hospitality, Dan. We're out. I appreciate it. Woo! We did it. Well, we definitely got uh, pretty well lubricated through that podcast. I hope you thoroughly enjoyed it. We had a great time doing it, uh, but I really do love talking to this guy. Um, respect him so much. He's a great leader. I've been a uh, part of a lot of films with him on the production side of things and acting as well. And just, he's a true inspiration. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram, go in deep with Dan good or subscribe, follow 
whatever you can do for us uh, on the YouTube channels, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the other platforms. If you'd like to follow my own personal account, Dan Triple underscore good, or yeah, you'll find us on Facebook, all the links, every link to the episodes and um, all, the, all the social media platforms are all located under every one of these episodes. So go on there, get amongst it. Keep on working at what you're doing. Stay humble, stay focused, back yourself. That's the main thing. Right. Until next time, guys.